Hey, everybody, this is David, single dad, why you mad? So um, here it is, my reply to uh, my co-parents interview with Clark. But three things, though. Um, first, um, it's two and a half hours long, right? Um, the longest episode we've ever posted. And uh, we thought about breaking it up into a part one and part two. Uh, but then we decided that, you know, we had dedicated enough time to this subject matter and we wanted to be done with it and move on. Um, so you should listen to it in whatever doses that you can stand. Uh, second, uh, some of the dialogue um, is not continuous because we recorded three and a half hours, um, but left a lot on the cutting room floor. And then uh, lastly, uh, some of the subject matter is sensitive, and we decided that it was just not appropriate to share outside our circle. Um, so we beeped it out. Uh, hope you enjoy. Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad? So, hail, hail the gang is on you. Uh, why don't we just all say who we are and uh, what this is? And let's let Ellen go first. I'm Ellen Winjuro of the Ellen the Great podcast. And I'm here for David's reply to part one in part two of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. I have been waiting patiently for this conversation because for the most part, I think David's been somewhat quiet since the last couple of episodes aired. So I am excited to hear all of his thoughts. And so that's why I'm here. Today. Clark? I'm Clark. I'm David's co-host on the Single Dad Why You Mad podcast. Uh, I was the one who conducted the interviews on part one and part two of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And we have all been patiently awaiting David's response and rebuttal to um, some of the things that were said. Okay. And I'm David. I'm the pig with the apple in his mouth right now. He's right? sitting <laughs> in the middle of the goddamn table. So let's talk a little bit about what has happened to date quickly for people who don't know and or, you know, just to be clear about where we are and how we got here, how the fuck we got here. So we had always talked about doing a baby mama episode, Clark, right? Which, you know, we always thought we were going to need security. And the first one didn't happen until I interviewed Nina in December or January, whenever it was. So that was six months after we actually got started. And uh one of the things I think I always said is that... uh Habib is not interested in taking part any way whatsoever. And, uh, you know, we can always get to that when we start getting to uh, the individual stuff. But uh, it appears that that's not the case. It appears I lied. She has always wanted to be uh, do it. Uh, I just never asked her. Right. Am I correct? When I that, 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 that was that was the story when we interviewed her. Yeah. Right. You know, so, you know, funny thing, right? I'm listening to, I listened to, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast called Revisionist History. And he says that they did this poll where they asked a hundred people or a thousand people or whatever else it is, where were you on 9-11? And then they came back and asked them a year later. And each and every one of them or the majority of them had different stories about exactly where they were at that moment, at that time and what they were doing. Right. So it happens. From what I remember, um, Habiba said she didn't want to be part of it. And then after I did Nina's interview, uh, it was one day that Habiba was dropping miles off. And she says to me, David, I'm willing to come on the show. And I said, where is this coming from? And she said, uh, I just heard uh, Nina's. And I said, OK. And then I connected her with you. You did the interview whenever you did it. I don't know how long it took to do. I don't think, you know, uh, those sort of details are important. But at the end of the day, you did an interview with her. 
we passed it over Ellen to do the editing and uh, part one airs. And then we do an IG live after part one. Then we do 24 hours to unpack where we talk about how we felt, what had happened, you know, sort of uh, what we could do differently. And then I was also looking to open up the doors of connection, you know, between Clark and myself. Ellen was there unbeknownst to her to moderate. (laughs) (laughs) I hijacked her, which, you know, you okay? Is that all right, Ellen? Of course. Well, I don't know. I did without, you know, your... your, No, you asked. We had a whole conversation about my my role in the IG Live. So, yeah. But the 24 hours to unpack, I sort of like had, I was moving in a different direction. And I don't know if you were aware of that or if I made that absolutely clear to you. That's what I guess what I'm trying to say. I felt like you did. Oh, okay. All right. And then we air 24 hours to unpack and we air the live chat. And then, like Clark says, which you did very eloquently, Clark, in your broadcast or your explanation of our strategic change, you went like this. So a lot has happened since. (laughs) (laughs) You can't. So I wrote, right? I wrote the script, but you ad-libbed it perfectly, right? Again, a lot has happened since the last time we aired 24 hours to unpack and then aired Habiba's part two later. Um, Ellen, I don't know how comfortable you are talking about this. Um, if you're not comfortable talking about it, we can just move on. Or if you, you know, are comfortable talking about it, you can talk about as much of it as you want. Stop me when I go too far. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, after hearing 24 hours to unpack, uh, Habiba reaches out to Ellen. She DM'd me on uh, Instagram asking to chat with me to talk to me, um, to clear some things up, uh, at which point I then reached out to David and Clark. We were part of a group chat and I told them what had happened. David gave me, um, his blessing to go forth into the unknown. And, uh, what I said though is that it needs to be recorded. Yes. Yes. You were adamant about go forth, but make sure it is recorded. And that, that, I mean, that went without saying, but, and so I did. And so I, you know, confirmed uh, that I was available to meet with her. Um, I let her know that it will be recorded. And she said she had no problem with it. Um, and we scheduled a time to talk later that day. So that was the same day um, as the 24-hour uh, unpack episode, August 12th. It released at, what, 11-something in the morning. I got a DM from Habiba um, a couple hours after that, maybe like around 4 Maybe five. I don't remember. So we released it in the morning. You got the DM and then you guys were on the phone that night. That night. Or on a Zoom call because it was recorded that night. Correct. I didn't want to wait a day or two or three. I figured let's just, you know, while while the press is hot. And I think one of the things I also said to you, Ellen, was to make sure you put on your correspondent hat. Challenge, challenge, challenge. So, um, you know, uh, what happened? I mean, I, I, I feel like, I feel like I did, right? Um, so there were no, you know, major revelations in our four and a half hour goddamn conversation. Um, but what I do appreciate about the conversation is while I challenged her, she took accountability. Um, I don't think she had a, a choice, uh, where, uh, things were factual. Um, but it was just kind of, you know, for the most part, a repetition of what she'd shared with Clark. And that's what I just chose to dig a little deeper beyond, um, well, Dave did this. Um, so I found myself, uh, 
for the most part, saying a lot of, about, all right, so Dave is a liar. Have you ever lied to Dave? Um, have you ever said this type of, you know, thing, uh, um, mean uh, rhetoric to Dave? So there's a lot of that. And, you know, again, she took accountability and saying, well, yes, I have. And yes or no, whatever. Um, but ultimately, she just wants to move on to a place where things can be civil, which I think is what you both want. How you decide to get there, that's a whole different conversation. She said she was open to therapy. She said she was pretty much open to doing whatever it takes for you to both get what you want out of this situation, whatever that means. Um, like the road, you know, having the least resistance. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't even know where, <laughs> what else to say beyond that. Again, it was a four and a half hour conversation. So there was a lot of talking, a lot of listening. I don't know that I want to go through that again. Have either of you listened? Now, so I, I, I listened to a fair amount of it. I didn't get all the way through it because four okay. and a half hours is a lot of time to a lot. But I, I, I did listen. To it. I maybe got like three hours through it. Oh, wow. And, and, and I, I'll say you did absolutely do a deeper dive. And to your point, I don't think there were any revelations. You know, I don't think there, were any, there was anything in what I heard during that conversation that was like, oh, my God, there's a major breakthrough or she's adding anything additional to the conversation. I do think when redirected and pressed, she was like, oh, well, yeah, this is the part that I played. But then it would skew back to David's part in it. And it's like, OK, yeah, we, we've. We spent ample time on David's part. We're talking to you. Yeah. And that's, I think that's something I asked her towards the end as we were wrapping things up. Like, you know, what is Habiba going to do differently moving forward? And so, and I, I guess I forgot to mention this in the beginning. So when she first DM'd me, it, it was, I was under the impression that it was for a specific conversation. And then, so we get to the, to the Zoom call and that was not the case. And then she, she pulls Quite an interesting move that I didn't see coming, um, that I thought was, I don't know what I thought it was. But so we get on a Zoom and she's on the phone, on the speakerphone with someone um, and come to find out it's the founder of Black Film. And so right off the bat, Habiba. Right, hold on. Explain to people what Black Film is okay. and what the relation is. So I uh, am a correspondent for Black Film. Uh, Black Film is a media outlet, a uh, digital media outlet um, company that promotes all things uh, Black Film. It's pretty popular, over 120,000 followers on Instagram. Um, so in the previous episode, I introduced myself as correspondent for Black Film. So obviously Habiba heard that. So Habiba, uh, I think back in the day, worked for the founder as she interned for her. Um, and so, you know, when she heard that, that company name, she was like, wait, could that be the same black film that I know about? So she, you know, <laughs> waits for this Zoom call to happen. And then now she's on the phone with the founder. And, and so that's how the conversation starts. Like, guess who I'm on the phone with? And, you know, and then so I hear the founder on the phone and she's like, Elliot, hey. And then so Habiba is just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm her godmother, godmother to her son. And we go. Who's the godmother to whose son? Habiba is the godmother to uh, Val's son. OK, go ahead. Keep going. So they have history. They go way back. <clears throat> and so the conversation ended with. I love you. I love you, too. So I felt like that was, you know, that was her strategic move, I guess. Don't go off course, bitch. <laughs> the, boss, 
the uh, boss bitch flex. Okay, the major boss bitch flex. Like, um, like, don't think you're going to come at me crazy because if you do, I might have some sway over here that could fuck your shit up. Uh, so I recognized that move instantly, right? But me being me, I don't really give a fuck about all that. I'm going to be Ellen. I'm, I came for a specific reason, for a purpose. Um, and it's not like I ever, you know, came in uh, on some, you know, disrespectful shit. That was never my intention. That's not really me. So I wasn't deterred by that. I just was kind of like, all right, mental check. Okay. And the conversation went on and, you know, nothing changed. No one's demeanor changed. Uh, I think she might have brought it up later on. Uh, I don't know whether she was trying to engage me more about it, but my only response was like, wow, that's pretty dope that you know Val. So the conversation started um, in a peculiar way, but yet another kind of layer of um, you're showing your hand. (laughs) <laughs> got it but you know no harm no foul and I, I don't i don't think like in listening to it i don't think that changed the complexion of the conversation no. like i think it was it was pretty much like okay this is a connection we both share cool I, let's keep it moving yeah Let, let's talk about you know what's on your mind why we're really here right so speaking of why we're really here you know we're here for you david like you know <laughs> we, we're here to hear what you think after all this shit, because it, it, it's been a lot, right? So been- Ellen shared that story with me earlier. If she wasn't going to share it now, I wasn't going to speak on it. Like, I wasn't going to bring it up on my own. I was waiting for you to bring it up on your own. But when I heard that, if that's what you're asking me, Clark, how did I feel when I heard that? Well, let's um, start there. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start there. But I was, I was asking about all of it. Yeah. But that's a good place me, to start. For me, that's par for the course. I'm not surprised by that. So that, that seems like something that's within her character to do. Yes, Um, And what was your interpretation of of why she did that? Exactly what you said. She wanted to let you know, don't get fucking crazy because I'm on the phone with your boss. (laughs) Okay. And um, I'm sorry, but uh, I know she worked at Black Film. I know nothing about no, you know, God's son. She ain't never brought him up to me. I ain't never seen him. So where does Val live? Um, New York, somewhere in New York. Okay. I ain't never seen him. No, no, no. Now she's in Chicago. She's in Chicago. Okay. Ain't never seen him. Ain't never brought him up. We ain't never been to dinner together. Nothing. But okay. All right. That's fine. And uh, how do I feel right now? Um, I'm worn out. I'm fucking tired. Right. I've been thinking about it. Even though I sent you guys a bunch of stuff earlier today, at the end of the day, it's a podcast. You know, our obligation, you know, is to the listeners. We promise the listeners X. Right. But I'm tired of this. Like, I have no use for this to go back and forth with her. So I know we talked about doing something together, right? Where we're both on together. I'm not doing that. So initially when I pitched it to you, you you said yes. What happened between yes and no? I listened to episode two. Mm. And I just said, I'm tired. It's just a bunch of lies. And I know people find that hard to believe, like, you know, why somebody would, you know, tell that many lies, but it's just a bunch of lies. And I'm tired of the idea that the the initial reaction is to believe her and that I need to come with receipts in order to create disbelief. And I'm not interested in working that hard to get people to believe in me. Like, you know, I'm I'm a I'm already a, I don't give a fuck what you think about me in the first place. Right? So the only thing in this right now is creating a salacious episode. So let me play something, right? 
which is the pre-roll for our Instagram broadcast of part two for Habiba. And it goes back to a David thing versus a you. What I want to say about that is I had extreme anxiety. And so when he didn't give me what it is that I wanted from him, which was just like safety and security, I went off. I did. I did. I did go off. I was disrespectful. I was mean. I'm good at that. So I was holding my own in this. I wasn't getting stepped on and like, you know, in a corner somewhere. Although I, I would quiet myself down after a while. But early on, if I felt like I wasn't getting what I needed, I would lash out. And so I did attack his leadership. I did say that he didn't have a vision. Because I'm like, if I don't hear it, then you don't have it. And it just created this back and forth. I would need something. He wouldn't give it to me. And then I would lash out. And then that would make him not give it to me even more. What have you learned? So I would have understood that I can't control him. Because as much as I say he tried to control me, I guess I was trying to control him I also. I was trying to get him to see my way, to give me things that I needed. Would you still hit it? No. I, but I... So that part is not necessary, right? Anybody who wants to hear that can go to the uh, what you call it. What did you hear there, Ellen, as a woman? Um, when I didn't get what I wanted, I reacted or responded in a certain way. I heard a little bit of accountability. I, I don't know how genuine it was. I mean, and this goes back to what she said initially in part one about the things that attracted her to you, the connection of bad personality traits. I, I don't, I don't know what else to say beyond that. So I'm dumb, right? Because when I heard that, I said, well, God damn it, there it goes. She just admitted that she fucking started this fucking toxic fucking back and forth. I don't get that she said that she started it. So she says early on, I would ask him for something and he would tell me no. Now, she says what she was asking for was safety and security. Right. Um, but early on, I would ask him for something and he would say no and I would go off. So, Clark, if you remember, I talked about um, in our very first episode about how we came to live together and that uh she said when are we going to live move in together whatever else it is i said so where are we going to live and she says well i'm not moving and then you know a couple of weeks after that after i had already given up my apartment to somebody else uh she challenges me on my leadership talking about i don't need a man that um just does whatever i say i need a man that stands up to me and has a plan and acts like a leader so that, yeah, that, that was absolutely. That's when it started. Right. So so it's interesting because if like, and I'm trying to remember if this came up in episode one or two, but you know she says like a lot of the behavior and the lashing out on her part was like one or two months into you guys living together and like and then early or like early on in the pregnancy because she was pregnant like within a month or two of you guys living together, right? Uh, she got pregnant probably in either July or August, but we didn't find out until late August. So, but it was still like within like a month or two, maybe three of you guys living together. It was like super I believe early. it was before we actually started living together in July. Right, we moved in together in August. But go ahead. Okay. So, so the point being, like in her in her course of on co- the course of conversation with her, like she shows and she explains, like yeah, these were behaviors that I had early on. Now, she doesn't explicitly say, I started it, or, you know, I'm the one who came to the table with these negative behaviors. She just said, I had these feelings. I had this anxiety. 
I needed David to soothe me. I didn't necessarily approach him in the best way to be soothed. And I didn't react in the best way when my expectation of being soothed wasn't met. So, so let's talk about soothing then. Let's, let's, right. I'm glad you, so soothing, she finds out she's pregnant. Um, she wants to talk to me about starting a college fund. The stick is still on the sink in the bathroom, wet. And I say, we need to work on having a healthy baby. I talked about this on the podcast in episode one and in the deep dive. And I'm not going to sit here and have a conversation. And she went the fuck off again. You ain't no leader. This I'm over. This is done. You ain't no leader. You ain't no leader. You're not a man. This is done. I'm over. So, you know, I heard her say early on, I would ask for something. He would say no. I would go off. And it created this back and forth. Those are her exact words. I don't even think she realized, you know, what she said. Maybe you guys think I'm digging into it too much, right? But, you know, from where I sit, you know, if somebody says something like that, I'm not quite sure why, you know, I still have to defend myself. Yeah, and, and I'll, say to, I'll say to you, like, as somebody who had the conversation with her and has had subsequent conversations with you and Ellen, you know, I don't think it's a matter of you having to defend yourself. Like I, I, don't, I don't think you have to defend yourself in, in, in the court of public opinion or especially not to us, right? I think it's, it's very much like give your perspective. Give your perspective on the shit she said. It doesn't necessarily have to be, yo, you came with receipts to refute every point and counterpoint, but it's just like, yo, I heard her say this and I felt this way behind it. You know, I, I, and I think that's more valuable to the listeners than than anything else. Not necessarily a point by point refutation, because you know, like realistically, we've done that. We we've done a lot of refutation and 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 point by point discussion, but we haven't talked about your emotions behind what was said. You know, or if anything specifically was triggering, or anything specifically was like, oh, surprising. No, nothing surprising. Nothing. Like, none of this surprises me. Like, I deal with this. I Like, so one of the things I said, every day it's something. Every day it's something. So that sort of behavior that you dealt with, the big boss shit, which was really manipulating, if nothing else, right, trying to manipulate you, every day I live with that. I'm just not surprised. You know, like you said, and we don't have to get into the specifics, she initially thought she was, you initially thought she was coming on to talk about one thing. And then when you get on with her, no, that's not what it's about. It's about something else. Well, hey, but you know, look at the email you sent. You said this and you know, she wants to debate it with you. And then she goes back and she looks at it and says, well, you misunderstood. That's not what I meant. I live with that every day. I'm not surprised by that. And when I hear people say things like, I sure hope these two people can get together and come together for common ground or whatever else it is. You know, that's really nice and, and that's really politically correct to say, right? But it's hard to do that with somebody who lies all the time. How do you do that with a liar? So I'm going to share my screen. Can you see what's here? Yes. This is the court transcript from the first time we ever were in court, custody court, right? So I said, um, Habiba, uh, in the court, in front of the judge, 
listen, I talked about milk. She's giving him milk. His weight is low, blah, blah, blah. I talked about all the issues I had, right? And he says, Mr. Crockett told me you're reading this, right? I'm only reading it out loud, but you guys can see this, right? Yep. I'm asking. Mr. Crockett told me that you, he says that you are in the past, are currently experiencing problems with paying your rent. Is that still, has that been an issue? And is it an issue right now? My rent is not sustainable. I have two more months on my lease and the plan is to look for an apartment that is cheaper. Actually, ideally for me to find an apartment in the same location where our son currently has daycare, right? It's four blocks away. I have already looked into it. They said it's too early for me to come to look at apartments now, but because my lease is not up until January, but I've already appointments to look at an apartment in the end of December. They have availability. That's what she's basically saying, right? Mm-hmm. Because I talked about this 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 movie, right? Mm-hmm. When we went back to court in January of 2019, here she's saying, "I never said that. They didn't have any availability." Mm. I look at it right here. I was not able to find anything that was affordable in the neighborhood. I looked at a couple of other neighborhoods. So it just makes sense at the time to stay where I was and to really focus on increasing my income. This is under oath. In court, I read the old transcript out loud in front of her. And she says, I never said that. Even with the proof. Yes. On hand. That's what I live with. So how do you reach common ground with somebody who lives like this? Listen, from from the outside looking in, obviously, we don't know everything you know, right? So, you know, (laughs) I'm certainly coming into this a little hopeful that things can be resolved, but that's not always the case. Right. You know, ultimately, I... Kids flourish when their parents can actively co-parent and co-parent in a way where, you know, they are on the same, on the same plane for, for a lot of things and can communicate with each other. Now, is that how most parents start off when they go through a separation? That's not how most parents when they together though. (laughs) Parents are together going at each other. Well, 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 facts, right? Like, Human beings, buttheads. Human beings have disagreements. Human beings have difficulty, right? But if you're trapped in the middle of this shit, you do a lot better if the two people you're trapped in the middle of stop, pause, and go, yo, mm, we need to go to our neutral corners and we need to figure this out. Like, can, can a kid be raised to be a functional adult with, with two parents who don't get along and don't converse and don't interact? And don't like each other? Possibly. But it is not, those are not the best variables for the result that you want. That's so, not what we foresaw so, for ourselves. So, so I want to reiterate, right? Um, how the fuck I got here, right? It is my own doing. I wanted a child. I was 48 years old. The two women I had dated for a long period of time before that, one for four years, one for three and a half years, Both of them said they did not want to have children. 
actually now the first one for three and a half years. She's got two kids and been married uh, for a long period of time. So maybe she just didn't want to have kids with me. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, That's a thing. And I, you know, even said to you, you know, on the live that I often said to myself, the next woman I get involved with, I'm going to, um, you know, I was crass about it. Right. I said, she's going to catch some of this stuff. Right. Right. So did I do a thorough vetting of my partner? I absolutely did not. That's how I got here. I am responsible for that. I'm willing to go as far to say I took advantage of that. So this is going to be a tough conversation, tough conversation for me, you know, and I've tried to, I've been hinting around this, right? But I took advantage of that, right? So if the relationship had not turned toxic and if a bunch of the things, you know, that happened had not happened, chances are I'd still be there, right? Right. I mean, you hear all the time about, you know, women that, you know, get involved with guys and um, have babies from guys that are, you know, drug addicts or alcoholics or cheat or fight or beat or whatever else it is, right? With the goal that, you know, hopefully they'll change, they'll do better, I'll ride this out, whatever else it is. Happens all the time, especially if they want to have a baby. Happens all the time. We respect the woman's biological clock. Um, and I'm saying that I was in the same position and I would have done the same thing. I'd still be there. It yeah. just got too much to take. I couldn't right. take it no more. So, and, I mean, and the truth is, go she ahead. asked me to leave. And I'm not sure everybody's aware of that. I didn't leave. She asked me to leave. I have it in an email. I made her send it to me in an email because I knew how she operates. I fully expected her to come back and say, I walked out on that family, that I left her. And the truth of the matter is she did. She said it to me a bunch of times that first year. You abandoned your family. Do you take any responsibility for the toxic, the toxicity within the relationship or is it just all her that's contributed to a toxic environment? So my ex-wife, right, once said, David likes to be the only person that's doing the right thing. Sometimes I find myself in situations where I'm the only one doing the right thing and uh, it feels good. I don't really know how to put it into words, but um, that is me feeding off the toxicity. So you stay in, you stay you're basically in the pocket with this toxicity. And you're combating it by trying to do the right thing. And you go, well, I'm doing the right thing here. Look at this. Correct. Right. Um, so somebody said that on the podcast. Somebody chatted that. Could it be you're being the bigger person and you resent her for it? Yeah, you're right. Somebody did ask that. Yeah. yeah. But with you being the, the bigger person and doing the right thing, do you think that how you do that comes across as toxic or toxic behavior? Could absolutely be. Okay. It's a bit, it's a, it, it's really deep for me. Um, could absolutely be. That's a deep introspective look. And so how do you think that plays a role in her mental well-being? As I, it, to I the, don't understand that question. The way you talk to her, um, the things you say to her that she's so, spoken about so, have, have affected her. So give me an example. So now we're going to get there. I didn't want to do this, but yeah, give me an example. The things I say to her as like what? The way I talk to her like what? So the most recent thing, and I only it's it's um, it's in my head now because I just watched a video clip of it, um, of her saying how you called her a fat bitch or you called her a fat bitch. Yeah. For the the visit to the doctor. Yeah. So let's start there. Let's take one thing at a time. So it had to do with the visit to the doctor, right? Mm, no, she just meant 
question is you've called her a fat bitch before. Okay. I'm saying it had to do with the visit to the doctor then. Okay. 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 So um, I take Miles to all of his doctor's appointments pre-COVID since he was six months old. She calls me or I call her. She might have called me. I'm pretty sure she called me. And she said, "Can you? Um, when are you going to take him? And I said, well, make the appointment. And she said, um, well, why don't you make the appointment? And I said, because I'm taking him. I mean, you know, what, 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 what? so we got into this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And she basically, you know, said, I'm not taking him or I'm not calling or whatever else it is. Now, this is in the middle of me knowing that she's making just as much money as I am, but she's not contributing to his health care or his daycare. It's in the middle of me keeping him six days a week so that she can go and work what she says is this second job. But the truth of the matter is she's out partying and hanging out some of those nights when she says she's going to work. This is in the middle of me asking her to send me all of his clothes so that I can do his laundry and that I can check his laundry or check his clothes in the middle of, you know, the change in seasons so that I can get him uh, uh, clothes that fit. This is in the middle of her not bathing him regularly. This is in the middle of him being up till 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night and getting to school late every morning. All of this is going on. And I asked her to call the doctor to make the appointment. I will take him. And she says, no, I'm not calling anywhere. Now I don't know if she said it or I don't know if she texted. So yeah, I went the fuck off. And I said, fuck you, you fat bitch. And I hung up the phone. And so how, how is that helping? If that's how you respond over and over again to certain situations, how is that helping anything? You're saying that's how I respond over and over again. Where's the over and over again? Okay. In my conversation with her, she brought up, you know, you took Miles to the doctor and she was on the speakerphone and she said, you know, something that pissed you off and you called her a stupid bitch and hung up on her at the that's doctor. That's a lie. That is a lie. That is a lie. And I'm not afraid to say what I said. So we're on the phone at the doctor. This isn't that same doctor's appointment. This is the recent one. I just took him. Right. Okay. I'm the only one taking him. Nobody pays any attention to any of that stuff. The only thing people hear is fat bitch. Right. But that's fine. Right. So we're at the doctor's appointment. She wants to be on the phone. So I FaceTime. She takes over the conversation, telling the doctor that of the three to four days Miles is with her, he only shits once when he's with her, and that is diarrhea. Okay, he hasn't been to the doctor in six months to a year. At what point were you going to tell me this? When were you going to fill this information in on me? Why do you wait until I'm on the phone with the doctor to all of a sudden now want to say something so bombastic? Miles is with me three to four days a week. He shits at least once a day and it's not diarrhea. So why is she saying that? She's making it up. She's being dramatic. It's not true. So I turned to the phone when the doctors left the room and I said, what are you saying that for? And she says, uh, like she had no real answer. Like, I want to be on the phone with the doctor. I said, that was fucking stupid. And I hung the phone because I don't have time for that nonsense. That night I got Miles home. I took a picture of the shit he took when we got home, which was not diarrhea. And I sent it to her. And I said, so here now, Miles takes a shit every day and it's not diarrhea. You want to know what her response was, Ellen? You'll love this. What was it? You misunderstood what I meant. (laughs) 
Lovely. Okay. Like, I, I, I realize, like, I laugh because sometimes this stuff hits me. And I go, yo, like, some of this shit is surreal, but it's also the extremes that you got to go through when you're dealing with a person who you are at complete odds with. And 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 I, and I think I've been open about it. And I share, like, me and Nina have absolutely been at these points where it's like he makes things up. She would tell a story or recount something, and D happened, and an E happened, and that led to F. And I'm like, yo, but what the fuck happened to ABC? You didn't tell them about the ABC of the situation that led to that. I giggle as you, as you're sharing this shit. Cause I'm like, yeah, I, I, I kind of remember those. Like I remember. Is she making up that your kid has diarrhea and only shits once a week and telling that, that to the doctor who cares for him? Where this case, is going on his medical records? Is it that extreme? No. It's All right extreme. then. Okay then. So, so she also said, you want to talk about the way I talked to her? She also said she wants me to stop bringing up her ex-husband, Andy, right? Yeah. Okay. She brought him up first. When we were living together, she did not want to contribute to that motherfucking rent no more in her apartment. In her apartment, right? She didn't want to contribute to the rent in her apartment, what I'm living in. She wanted me to pay it. So instead of just coming out and saying that, David, you the man... I think that you should pay the rent and you should be completely responsible for all the bills. You know what she says to me? When I lived with Andy, Andy just took care of all the bills. I didn't have to pay any bills. Okay. How do you like that? How's that fit? Not too well. Okay. She wasn't trying to talk to me about Andy. She was trying to manipulate me into paying paying the bills, like checking my ego. Like my ego would be fractured because her former husband paid the fucking bills. So now I got to try to outdo. That doesn't work on me. It's not the first time she brought him up. She used to say shit like that all the time early on. So somebody would say, well, David, why the fuck would you get involved with this motherfucker? Because I wanted a baby. And nobody likes to hear that shit. Ellen, she dropped her head down. She can't stand hearing that shit. But that is not why I dropped my head down. That is some real shit to say. You wanted what you wanted when you wanted it with somebody you knew shit about. And now this is the end result of it. That's yeah. a tough pill. To, to my, my kid is amazing. Of course he is. I wouldn't trade this little motherfucker with. <laughs> he hasn't come running out here in the past 10 seconds. Um, Let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, she, she did mention one thing. In in part one and part two, and she brought it up again in our conversation. That oh, but let me complete that. But let me complete the thought, though, right? So it was around the time where I had miles six days a week. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm paying for every. So 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 when I say paying for everything, I mean that shit, right? Because I know people aren't listening to that shit. And if miles, in a traditional sense, in the majority of people they listen to this, they believe that you know. So they just naturally assume, like when we had the conversation with Janae, she just naturally assumed the child lived with her full time, right? No, my kid lives with me a hundred, five more days a year than he does with his mother. Overnight. That's the way it is. He's with me during the week. He's with her on the weekends. That's the way it is. I still pay for everything up front. He's on my medical insurance. When he was going to daycare and or aftercare, I paid for that. It was $1,200 a month. In addition to that, because we haven't been back to court for COVID, I've been giving her temporary support because she says I make more than her, three times as much as her, right? 
First it was two times. Now it's three times. I don't know which one it is now that I have been giving her $600 a month. I was coming out of pocket at one point last year, $2,200 a month for my kid to get out of the bed. Did not include food, did not include clothes or nothing else. Christmas presents, nothing else. $2,200 a month, $600 a month to go to her. So now you imagine I'm going through all of that. I'm the one that's picking them up and dropping them off every day, running over to her house to get them on the day she's supposed to take them because I want to make sure he gets there on time because she hasn't been getting there on time. Sometimes she calls me at five minutes to six and say, David, I'm not going to make it to pick him up on time. Can you go get him? And then I'll come get him from you. All right. I stop whatever the fuck it is I'm doing. I run over there and I'll go get him. And then I sometimes I hear from her later at night. Listen, could you just keep him? I'm the one washing his clothes, doing all his fucking laundry, literally asking her. Bring me his dirty clothes so I can wash him because she's not doing fucking laundry. I'm doing all of this shit. And when I take him down to Sesame Place and they had a flood, I come back on the way back and I say, okay, Sesame Place had a flood. It's the middle of the summer. I got summer projects going on. Habiba, can you keep Miles overnight while I go run to some job sites and do the stuff while I'm on the way back? And she tells me, no, I cannot We change the schedule. The schedule stays the way it is. I said, well, what do you got to do that you can't keep your own son overnight if you got to go to work in the morning? And she says to me, none of your fucking business. So I said, that's why Andy dumped you when you said you wanted to start to have a family with him. You're goddamn right. I said, you're goddamn right. I said it. And I don't regret it. I meant that shit. On the deep dive, I specifically remember saying to you guys, you know how a lot of people say things that they don't mean? I'm just the opposite. I say what I mean. I ain't fucking running around here calling everybody a bitch. Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you, bitch. But if I say fuck you, bitch, I mean that shit. Only to find out that she had $50,000 in cash in her bank account, even though she ain't giving me no money. You guys have that information now. I sent it to you. Look under bank statements. So so here's what I say, right? She goes on. She, she says what she has to say in, in, we've devoted two episodes to her and a, a, a good portion of the live and an unpacking episode, right? So that's, that's, that's roughly four episodes dedicated to what she had to say. What you just did was important because it's not necessarily the tit for tat shit, but it provides color to your experience, right? So she's going, Oh, David called me a fat bitch. That's the DEF that I was talking about a little earlier. Well, what led to that? Why would David? Just keep referring to you as a fat bitch. Or why would David bring up your no ex-husband? I might have said it twice. There's no key. Oh, well, uh, well, I might have said it twice. Son, I'm saying I'm I'm saying what how she phrased it. I understand. Right? I understand. Right? How she phrased I it. Said it twice. And because she she's she's gone to the well on that a, a few times. And I said it. And I said it. And I said it. And I said it by text. Right. So it wasn't it wasn't in person. It was no. in, by text. No, I don't talk to her in person. I don't talk to her ever in person. I, 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 get, I get that. I understand. Because, that. because you can't trust what she says. All right. So let me ask this one question. I think this is going to be the last question that I ask in trying to get clarification. So she talked a lot about um, that you've said to her, I can't wait till Miles gets older so I can tell him what a terrible mother you are. So that's, said, not, so, so that's not what she said. That's the way you interpreted it. That's not what she said. So I can tell him, no, I never said that. So that, so that he can, she said, so that he, so he finds can, out. So but he can see if you can find out. She also said, 
most re- our most recent conversation. Okay. So he can see you what say that on the most recent. All right, go ahead. I didn't hear. So he can see what a terrible mother, and so I can, so I can tell him what a terrible mother. Okay, I never said that. I said when Miles gets older, he will find out who exactly who you are. That's what I said. Which is this when thing. Miles gets over, he will find out exactly who you are. Ellen, say that to me right now, David. When Miles gets over, he's going to find out exactly who you are. I hope he does. I want him to find out exactly who I am. Mm. What's wrong with that? Why are you scared of that? Why is that an issue for you? It ain't an issue for me. Because the implication is that I'm a bad mother. If you ain't, it shouldn't bother you that he finds out exactly who you are. If you are a good, honorable person, you shouldn't care that your child finds out who you are. So basically, there's nothing we can ever believe that Habiba says. Like She's a pathological liar. Listen, if you look through all of those stuff I sent you. So she tells me in November, she cannot have November of 2017, right after the first time we went to court. She tells me she could not afford to contribute to Miles daycare or health care anymore. I said, and I knew because I knew she was living in an apartment that she couldn't afford. I knew it already. I said, fine, don't worry about it. I take care of it. I told the story already, right? And then I came back and I said, so I know how she operates. I need to say it differently. Meaning I'll take care of it means that until you get on your feet after you move out of that apartment, let's just say March, I will take care of the bills. Then you get back to contributing then, right? We agree. She doesn't move. I'm wondering how the fuck did she pay fucking three months back rent? She goes into the court and tells the court that, you know, her mother helped her with the money. But like I told you guys already, because I feel like she was lying about her, her, her income, I subpoenaed her bank records. Clark, you an egg bank expert, right? Go look at the stuff. Tell me what you see there. She made a deposit of $48,000. So you make a deposit of $48,000 and then you keep it to yourself and you don't come and start contributing to your kid? Who does that? Who does that? Go ahead, Alan. I, I, I was going to ask where the money came from, but at this point, it doesn't even matter. What difference does it make? Let's just say it came from a retirement account. You don't think I've dipped into my retirement account to help give her this $600 a month? So how does that make a difference, where it came from? Ellen, you had something to ask? Yeah, you you brought up the three months uh, back rent. That conversation came up in our our Zoom uh, call. And the way she explained it was you'd given her money, um, but she lied to you, or no, she lied to you about whether, how she was, she lied to you about paying for the three months rent. I think she told you that she was paying it, but she wasn't. Because she was okay. going to withhold it. No, different story. No, different that's story. That's a different story. That's a different was, story. Because that was why she was still pregnant. Yeah, that's a completely different story. We had bed bugs, right? Prior to that, when we were first living together, I would give her the rent money, my share of the rent money, and she would go pay the rent. I come to find out that she wasn't paying the fucking rent. And you told her to... Uh, so how do you go on a text message and say David provided no stability when you were a person who wasn't paying the rent. When I'm giving you the rent money and you're not paying the rent, how do you go then on a, 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 a chat and say he provided no stability? How do you, who, who does that? So what, so, what I- so, so, so when I first moved in and I, again, I'm not comfortable putting it. When I first moved in, I found out the Con Ed was a thousand dollars behind. Right. So I took over the Con Ed. Um, I was giving her like maybe 60% of the rent and I paid the cable and, and, and by myself. Right. And that's when she gave me that story about, so we had talked about a plan. 
And the plan was, okay, so now that you don't have to pay $1,800 a month in rent, you can save $900 a month. I already have some money saved, right? I already got a, 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 a significant amount of cash saved. Ellen, you know some history about my accident with SEPTA and all that other sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I got some money saved. This allows you to save some money. And if you can save $900 a month, the lease is up in a year. By that time, you'll have $9,000. that will be your contribution to wherever it is we go after that. You know what I'm saying? Come to find out when the bed bug issue hits, she decides she's not going to pay the rent no more. Excuse me. I said, you can't do that. It doesn't work that way, right? You got to go to court and get that ruling. You got to keep paying the rent until then. No, we should go stay to a hotel. Go stay to a hotel. Who's paying for that? I'm not paying for no goddamn to So I stayed in the apartment. She went and stayed down to her mother's house, but I'm still giving her the rent money. And she didn't pay the rent. I just happened to see a little paper on the fucking table that she left there. Maybe this was her way of trying to let me know she wasn't paying. But it was taking us to fucking court because the rent was three months behind. That's when I took over paying over all the bills because I couldn't trust her. I'm giving you money. I'm asking you, did you pay the rent? You're telling me, yeah. And I find out three months later that you're not. And from your area of expertise in dealing with housing and so on and so forth, you're telling her this is not the way the shit works. But she decides to go on another another point of. of yeah. So and, so and her and her answer to me was, well, it just got out of hand and I didn't know how to come to you. And talk. So here's the manipulation. Right. Here's the manipulation. Right. Right. So I didn't say nothing to her about it. I wouldn't have told a mother and a sister. Right. Because I had gotten to the point by then where I can't have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. She brought that up. She brought that up. Yeah. I can't have a conversation with her because every time you have a conversation with her, it's a, that's not what I meant. That's what I said. That's not what I said. You misunderstood. Right. So I went, I go tell her mother and her sister, right. Before she gets there, they call her, tell her to come over there. She fucking down there. She calls me. You know what she says? You a snitch? No. So straight up snitch. That's what, that's what she said. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So how are you not going to call me and ask me what's going on with me? Maybe there's something going on with me that the rent's not getting paid. And all you worried about is the rent not getting paid. How do you not care about what's going on with me? Just just goes to show you don't care about me. I said, well, you're not going to turn this around and make this something about me. I asked you, were you paying it? I asked every month and every month you told me, yeah, and you've been lying to me for three months. And I found out by mistake. Or maybe she did it on purpose. But how do you try to switch? That's the mind fuck. That's the Vulcan mind fuck. She talk, because she talks about gaslighting. But she tried to gaslight me there. How are you just going to ask about the rent? How are you not going to ask about me and what's going on with me? <sighs> so I didn't curse her out about that, though. The first time I ever cussed her out is when I took Miles to goddamn Sesame Place. We had been living apart for over a year. And I took Miles to Sesame Place. And when I came back and asked him to watch her, she told me, don't worry about what I got to do. It's none of your fucking business. That was the first time I ever cursed her out. So a couple of things that, that, that popped in, in, in my mind. Um, and there was something you said a while back that I wanted to go back to. Uh, you said, you know, you wanted to have the kids, so you took advantage. How do you feel like you took advantage? I took it. So this is a hard conversation for me, right? But I'm willing to do it. So I knew well into this. Like, so when we first start dating, right, I give up my apartment. She starts, you know, you know, getting a little wacky. I say to myself, okay, so what's the worst that could happen? I gave up my apartment, but I'll go get an apartment someplace else. I can walk away from this feeling like I didn't do anything wrong. And she got pregnant. I said the same. I remember saying the same thing to myself. So what's the worst that's going to happen, right? Um, 
you know, the, the will will separate and I can walk away from this not feeling bad about walk because I come from a family where my mother and father were married for 30 something years till death they did part. My brother and his wife, same thing. I expected that my life was going to be that way also. So I had some guilt about that. But I said, what's the worst that's going to happen? She makes it easy for you to break up with her. She makes it easy for you to walk away from her. And I knew that early on. And I took advantage of that. So in, so in the back of your head, you can go, I give the old college try. Yes. Cause I knew she was a mess anyway. Yes. That's deep. It is deep. That's deep. I've been doing reflection on this for over, for, 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 for literally since I, I remember being on, I remember when I actually made the decision to leave after she sent me the email saying, cause she said we should go out separate ways. I said, well, you're going to have to send me that in writing. And she sent me the email and I remember going downstairs and talking to a friend of mine. Um, and I was crying and she was saying, David, people raise single kids all the time. People raise kids, you know, as dual parents all the time. That's not nothing new. You ain't special. And I had to come to grips with that. So my concern was really for miles. I talked about this. Am I going to burden him with the abandonment baggage that I had growing up? Am I going to burden my kid with the same sort of baggage that I had? I didn't really give a fuck about her and I going our separate ways. I got to be honest with you. I didn't give a fuck. I didn't feel like I was losing her. I didn't give a fuck. And, so you- and I said this, and I said this, I, Ellen, you asked me, like, what part did you play? And I said, I stopped giving a fuck. Like, it has been my history to, like, just keep being the bigger person, and I end up being with martyrdom. Like, you know, I think I feed off of that sometimes. But lately in my life, especially in that relationship, I said, I don't need to be a martyr here. And I talked about this. I don't need to be a martyr. So so it's funny. Not funny, haha, but like interesting, right? Because one of the things, like in my conversation with her, I said, like, for all the, the negatives that she said about you, I said, yo, like, one thing I got to give David is David is doing introspection. I said, like, the growth I observe as your co-host in the past year. And I, and I use, I cited specific examples. I'm like, yo, like. Somebody will say some shit and they will have a very definitive point of view on something. And then somebody says something to challenge that point of view, but, but provides perspective. And you'll see David do the lean back and get quiet for a second because you're taking in the information. You're adapting to the information. It's a growth process. Right. And, and I say, you know, like I'm very candid about like this shit right here. This is my therapy. You know, like I haven't been to a shrink in a little while, probably could stand to go back. But this becomes a very therapeutic thing for me. And, and I feel like it's the same for you. Absolutely. And, and you achieve growth. Like it's vi- like if you listen to episode number one of our show and listen to the kinds of conversations that we have or the things that we share about ourselves from episode number one up till now, like there's obvious and dedicated growth as met and as individual. And, and I think you sharing this shit, it, it shines a light on that. So thank you, Clark. I appreciate that. So let's talk about lies. So she talks about how the the night she was getting ready to deliver, I was on my way to a white party, right? So, you know, for anybody who does any partying ever in a day in your fucking life, my son was born. She went into April on labor on April 9th. My son was born on April 10th. What fucking white party is going on in fucking April? I went back and looked at the goddamn temperature. It was 43 degrees outside on that fucking day. I remember, there, was summer thing. I remember there being snow on the ground. I remember there being snow on the ground. She delivered at Mount Sinai. 
I just drove straight down the block. It was going to be hard to find parking because, you know, the snow was piled up against the sides. And I was so happy that my son was coming on either a Saturday or a Sunday because I said, look at my boy looking out for me. I don't have to worry about alternate side of the street parking. There was snow on the fucking ground. What fucking white parties happened between Memorial Day and Labor Day? Ellen, you the promoter. <laughs> None. None. She made it up. So, and so not for, not for the tip of the It couldn't have been another party that she was just getting mixed up. Because that's what I'm saying for clarity's sake. She said white party. What the fuck, man? Look at you guys still wanting to give <laughs> no! it up. Look at no, you guys I, still wanting to give her the benefit of the doubt. No, sorry, wait, wait, wait. I remember specifically it was a white party. Those were her words. She said it was a white party, but I'm just saying, like, she said, I, I remember specifically. Right. So. so could it have ever been another uh, situation? Where I was on my way downstairs like I do every goddamn night of my life to smoke a cigar in the car and listen to the radio. She knows that because I did it every night. I looked at text messages back from that time. Every night I would say, I'll be down here. I'll be up in an hour. or I'm coming up in an hour, whatever else it is. I was so, so here's what happened, right? I come home. She's vacuuming. Okay. Like she said, she's not a domestic goddess on a good day. So I say, what the fuck is going on here? But it nesting. never crossed my mind that she was nesting, right? right. Okay. Um, we go through the normal procedures. The normal procedures of life, cook dinner, eat, whatever else it is. Then she's laying down in the bed. She's telling me she's not feeling well. I go in there. What's going on? She says, I think I'm having contractions or whatever else it is. Now, mind you, ever since Habiba was six months pregnant, she had been telling me she feels like she's going into labor, right? I had been living with this from six months to the ninth month, right? So I said again, you sure it's not Braxton Hits? It's fucking uh, 20 days away. For her to say to me, you don't know what Braxton Hits are. We think it's Braxton Hits. I said, that's how. I said it. You sure it's not? She says, I don't know. I think I'm in labor. We called the doctor. She says on the, on, on to you guys, the doctor was like, she said, no, he didn't. He said also it sounds like Braxton Hits. He said if you go down to the hospital, they're probably going to send you home, but you can go down. He said it. She goes into the bathroom. Right. We're trying to figure out whether or not we're going to go down to the hospital. She goes into the bathroom. She says, David, some liquid just came out. Some thick liquid just came out. I said, you think you lost your mucus plug? She said, I don't know. Some thick liquid just came out. I said, where is it? It's probably the mucus plug. I want to see it. She says, I flushed it. Flushed it. So, but that's not what she told y'all. She no. told y'all she told us that, the that I didn't know what the mucus plug was. She just left her mucus plug. Of course I knew what the mucus plug was. Let me Here's the proof. And she cannot deny this. Here is the proof, even though it's just my word against hers, right? Since the day she got pregnant, I had been talking to the doctors about saving the goddamn placenta, that I wanted to keep the placenta and take it home and fry it up. I hear it tastes like liver. This is a way that doctors There's recipes online for it. Yeah, pe people do it. But I also hate liver, so you're not getting me to eat. I don't like liver either, but my goal was to connect with my, with my son. son. Oh, sure. Your son. sure. So I had been talking about this since the first visit to the doctor. I made it clear to them. The doctor that was there that delivered was not the doctor that, that um, whatever it is. And even her mother and her sister talked about, yeah, David, I know you tried to get it, but they send those things out. They use it for plasma or or organ doning or creating stuff. I said, no, I want it. You can grind it up. You can make pills. It helps with, um, um, what do they call that? Uh, postpartum. 
Well, we do a whole bunch of placenta. I wanted to keep it. So how does a person who makes a big deal about the placenta not know what a fucking mucus plug is? Does that make sense to you guys? Of course not. Okay. I'm pretty sure when she hears this, she's going to say, yeah, I forgot all about that nigga fucking ass for the placenta. I got caught out there with that fucking bullshit I was telling. Not only that, I went to every doctor's appointment, except the one where she found out that she had gestational diabetes. That's the only one I didn't go to. I went to every appointment. If you look at Miles, um, I gave Miles his own Instagram. I'm putting up the first time we saw his fucking heartbeat and the first time we saw his penis. I was there to take those pictures. I've been to every appointment. Does a person who goes to every appointment who's asking to eat the placenta not know what a mucus plug is and is looking to run out the door on a fuck to go to some fucking white party when his fucking um, baby mama is getting ready to deliver? She made it up. Yeah. So here's 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 the really scary thing, right? Yeah. Like when you talk about recollection and, and people's minds, because like in all the studies on recollection, the idea that people don't remember entire situations, they remember fragments of the situation and they remember the emotional tie to the situation. Absolutely. And, and when they try to recall it, the emotion clouds their recollection. And she's recounting this story and completely divorced from the actual facts of the situation. As you laid about and as a as perfect you example, about. you guys can go look at the goddamn photos. Look at the videos and the photos that I have sent you. She says that she was hidden and that we were completely broken up during her entire pregnancy. Am I right? Is that what she said? Yeah, she said she felt like she was hidden and that you didn't okay. want to take her anywhere or be. Like, there was a party with my friends out to dinner, and she's sitting right up there at the front, visibly pregnant. There was a party with her girlfriends and my friend, like a, a friend, a common friend, Keith, had a birthday party. She's sitting there with three of her friends, clearly pregnant. If you can't tell that she's pregnant, well, she's not drinking, so everybody else is drinking. Um, there was a picture of me taking her out to dinner. Two weeks before she gave birth, we're out to brunch. It wasn't dinner, it's brunch. These are all pictures that I have sent you guys so that you can see on your own, right? There's numerous, countless other things of when she was pregnant that we were together. I've sent you text messages between us of talking about, she said I wouldn't touch her, of us talking about having sex that night. I'm coming to see you. You coming to see me. We're going to get it in. My legs are open. Can't wait to see you. All of that sort of stuff. Look at it by yourself. Don't believe me. Look at it by yourself. So where is she getting this? We were broken up during her entire pregnancy and I wouldn't take her anywhere. She made it up. So this sh this sheds light on something else, right? Because in the course of like us recording showing us having a conversation, like you are a very meticulous and detail oriented person by nature. Like that that's just the way you are. When you talk about like having the receipts and you know, and keeping track of things with her, like I always felt like, oh yeah, that's part of his nature. But I'm like, yo, damn, why does he go to such lengths with her? But then on the back end of it, you go because I'm dealing with revisionist history. Because if I did not, you wouldn't believe me. You would just naturally believe what she's coming, what she's right. saying, and because it's so bombastic, it's so, and because David's personality is so big, it's not hard to see that. Okay, you know, maybe he would do something like that. Because it's oh, so shit. I, 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 I said it to you when we did our, our 24 hours to unpack. There are aspects of your personality which are like, that's just David. And in, in the way that she shapes the story, mm -hmm. she's very like, she, she was very good at framing those aspects in a very negative light. So, right? but, but, but 
If she says we were broken up, mind you, he wouldn't take me anywhere I was hidden. If we were broken up, why am I taking you anywhere? Why am I responsible for showing you anywhere if we're broken up? You're contradicting yourself. If we're broken up, why are you expecting that I'm going to take you anywhere? So I just want to touch on the things that highlight, like I took a whole bunch of notes, but I said I'm tired, right? But these are just the things that are coming to my head, right? She says, I tried to take over her apartment. What's so fascinating about your goddamn apartment that I need to take that shit over? It's in Harlem. It's spacious. I don't know. So I moved around the corner into another apartment that is more spacious than hers and has a fucking terrace. So why do I need to take over hers? Mm -hmm. I'm still in Harlem. I'm on a higher floor and I have a fucking terrace. She does not. How does that make sense? That was another lie. She asked me to come live with her. She called management and said someone's living with me now. Give him the keys. I have an email from that. And I heard her try to say he had me send over a, 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 yeah. So, you know, again, it's her word against mine, right? But she says, I tried to get a parking space. I ain't trying to get no goddamn parking space. She told me you can get a parking space because her girlfriend, who lives in my building now, her boyfriend had gotten a parking space. So, David, you can get one. And she called over there and asked him, and they said, no. I got a parking space now, though. I make three times as much as you, or according to you, or twice as much as you. Why do I need to take over your apartment? I can come get my own. I did come get my own around the corner so I could be close to my kid. Not because I couldn't find anything else. So what? We what, paid $500 or more a month, a month than she is, at least. So what a lot of this sounded like to me, right? Especially like as I listened to the, the additional conversation that Ellen had, you know, and she, and she, she even copped to it at one point, like wanting to be saved. And you, 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 you can give me your thoughts on this, Dave, but I know as a man, like, it's very often you run into that situation where a woman approaches you expecting that she problems will automatically become we problems. And she was looking for that savior in you. So I often said to her that she thinks she, you think you're better than me. You think you were a better than me. Right. So when I moved out around the corner, one of the first or when I told her I signed the lease and I'm going out around the corner on April 1st. One of the first things she said to me is, I'm glad I made you feel like you can afford to live in this development. And afford wasn't from a dollar's perspective. It was from a press, from a, it was a, a self-esteem thing. And how could she make you feel like you could afford to live there? I remember when it became clear to me that she thought that I should pay all the bills and that her money was for her and my money was for us. Right. And I remember saying to her, yeah, listen, okay. I remember saying to her, so I will pay these bills, but your job, I've said this before on the podcast, but your job is to raise this kid and I don't want to hear no fucking bullshit about it, you know? And when I found myself not only raising the kid, but also paying all the bills, at what point am I saying, eh, I don't need this. I don't need this. Like, what do I need her for? She's his mother. Which, which, go ahead, Ellen. What do you mean by that? She's his mother. I mean, for you to say, what, what, what do you need her what for? What do I need her for? He needs her for that. I don't need her. Wait, you, you, you need to have a good relationship with her for the sake of him. Ellen. No. That nice a- thing to say. That is a nice thing to say, but it doesn't always work out that way. Cause the, the cause the other side of that equation is women doing that, that mental mathematics quite often and deciding to leave. Well, if I'm doing this, that, and the third, well, what is he contributing? So I don't need him. I don't need a man. Right. And, my, and my kid will do fine without having a father. Clark, the, the, 
Thank that you metal, very that much. Metal, that clank, thank you very much. Because I have been trying to elevate that conversation, but that's what is going on. That mental math is done a lot. I they mean, say that all the time, and don't nobody ever say to them, "No, he needs his father." They say to him, "Well, you got brothers, you got cousins, you just need to have another man in his life." Don't nobody, nobody say, "No, you need to go get along with his father." There are people that are saying that. I, I mean, people, people, people are saying it. Whether or not they feel like they need to take that advice is another thing. But there's a cu- couple of other things that I just need to respond to, right? The idea that. Um, and and I didn't and I knew that this is the way you were taking it, Ellen. I just didn't figure out the words to put it into. Right, the idea that I'm trying to control her with the clothes that I buy. She framed that for you that I only buy what I want to see her in. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So now, if you go through those text messages, you will see her sending me at least three different text messages saying with pictures of stuff that she wanted, and I said sure. Go ahead and get it. She made it up. Don't believe me, Ellen. Go look for yourself. I looked. I saw the evidence. So if you saw that, why are we still having this goddamn... So let me tell you something. If it was me, right? Let me tell you. If it was me and I got on the phone to interview your baby daddy and this nigga had my boss on the phone talking, trying to flex, show me you knew my boss and you had me call up for one reason only to find out that you said trying to make me think I'm fucking crazy and that's not the real reason that you fucking called up and this is another reason you called up and then we're on the phone for fucking four hours and you saying the same shit that you said before I'd have been wrote that motherfucker off I'd have been wrote his fucking ass off I'd have been chalked that motherfucker off so because I'm asking questions, you're taking that um, as um, like Team Habiba? Because I I'm not, no, no, I'm not saying Team Habiba. I'm not saying Team Habiba. I'm saying. Then what are you saying? I'm saying Team Black Woman. Well, the reason I'm bringing up these questions is because you haven't, I haven't gotten a response from you for these things, from these things, right? Okay. You, you talked a lot about that she's lies. She's a liar. She's lying. So there are specific things that I wanted to ask did she lie about the clothes ellen yes (laughs) how she originally painted that picture is not what the fuck it turned out to be so you saw instances where she said daddy i want this and i said what go ahead baby go get it here's my card number go get it sure yes yes See, and I, I gotta go through those. You mentioned it in the IG Live. You, you mentioned it in another conversation. But don't um, nobody believe that shit. Don't nobody believe that shit when I'm saying it. Ain't nobody listening to that shit when I'm saying it. All they listening to her say, he bought me strippy heels because he wants to control me. Like I had her walking around with them shits outside when we're going to fucking church. <laughs> Yo, so, like, like so, I always say, there, there's, there's his side, her, his story, her story, and the truth lies somewhere in And that's what's so fucking troubling to me. That's what's so fascinating to me. Mm. There's these two opposing views. One side is calling the other motherfucker a liar. That side is calling the other motherfucker a liar. So then here we are in the middle. Obviously, I don't know about you, Clark, but I'm fucking te- team the dude that I've known for 20 years, right? right. But, but take that. But Ellen, you don't have to be the team dude that you know for 20 years. Be team. I just saw this picture of this stuff that you asked him to get you, and he said go get it, but that's not what you said on well, the fucking thing. Be that team. Well, that's the very reason I am team dude that I've known for 20 fucking years, because the evidence is there. Yes, right. I've experienced the fucking evidence on my own with my own experiences with her, right? So I'm not just down with you because you're my boy. No, that's not enough. 
I, I, I don't know that I subscribe to that brand of bullshit loyalty, but I do subscribe to facts. And time and time again, <laughs> you have pulled up with facts and I've experienced my own shit with her. So that, you know, accumulated into one big heap. I get it. Keep up doo-doo is what it looks like. I get it. So um, is there anything else like that that um, you guys felt, you know, um, she said that I should address? Because I'm getting ready to turn to something that's really tough for me to do. Uh, I don't know if you watched the video, the pink dress video. I did. Clark? No. I don't think I saw that one. That was hard to watch, but I did. Oh, Oh, wait, wait. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Was she standing in the doorway? Yes. There's two of them. Yeah. I saw part two. I didn't see part one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, without being too specific, why don't you just (laughs) describe what you saw? Yikes. So basically what, what what was caught on video was a conversation, and she was standing in the doorway, and apparently you were on the floor, sitting on the floor recording her. I was sitting on the toilet. And she, so she's in the bathroom and you're recounting your, your, your day's activities and, and reassuring her that, and I'm trying to paraphrase it, that you had not engaged in coitus with any other women during the course of your outing that day. And her complaint was that you were not engaging in relations with her. She's like, you're not acting like you want to have sex with me. And, he's, and you're saying to her, you're not acting like you want sex. But I'm also not the one approaching you requesting sex. So if you want something from me, act like you know, act accordingly. Was was my takeaway from that? Am yeah. I paraf- am I paraphrasing correctly? Yeah. And do the shit that I actually want you to do. Right. <laughs> no, 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 but what I'm saying is you can't come to me in so nobody so you guys want to stay away from it. She was clearly intoxicated. Well, no, I was gonna. I, I was when I had my turn. I was gonna. Oh, okay. Clark was Clark's gonna stay away from it. He he's not gonna do that. Right. But he's not he's not even going to say when I said she's clearly intoxicated, he's not going to say, yeah, she was. He's just going to stay away from it. Right? I can either confirm nor deny. I do not okay. see a bottle. Okay. All right. <laughs> there's, there's a little slurring of words. OK. Right. Um, and that's and that's what I picked up on. Just the, the slurred speech and just a little disorientation. Um, and I, four glasses of wine and what was it? Three hours, three and okay. a half hours. So, Clark, that's the first one. If you listen to the first one. I get her to admit how much drinking she did in the time frame that she was gone. Right. So from 7.30 to 10, she's had four glasses of wine. Um, and so then my question in my mind was, was there any food involved? Because four glasses of wine shouldn't get you that lit if you're eating. Right. Because so, I also don't know how so, big Habiba is. So, like, I, so, I don't so but, but Ellen, Ellen. You remember she started out with one, then she said two, then she said three. No, she started out with three, then you were like, just three? And she was like, oh, well, no, four. Okay. So do you really believe it was four or do you believe it was more? Yeah, I think it was probably more. Okay. So so yeah. So then, you know, what was interesting about part one was the reason that I guess you even started recording is because she prevented you from leaving whatever room. Like she either... But hands on you, obviously she can't physically stop you, but she attempted to stop you from going into the next room. And so that's how that conversation started, I think. Um, and of course she's just like, Oh, no, I didn't. Um, and you're trying to have this conversation with someone who's inebriated. So there's this imbalance. <laughs> 
of um, understanding and information being provided. So that was that was hard to watch, right? Because obviously she's not in her her right mind, and so she can't really say what she's trying to say. So she was in a bit of a disadvantage, but also a lot was proved in that moment. Um, if that makes any sense. So it's an interesting thing having a conversation with somebody like yeah when they're when they're drunk because it goes back to that recollection piece because they don't recall what they said or what they did they remember how they felt if she feels like oh David did not want to have sex with me or David's not sexually interested in me it becomes an entire snowball snowball effect to you know the emotions that frame her recollection here's the part that everybody's not catching right that was That's the not- a one-time event. That's not a, oh, I just came back from a night out with the girls. That was three to four nights a week, every week. Mm-hmm. And so the previous conversations that you said you guys had had about the relationship, um, had she had she, had she been inebriated in those conversations? Sometimes she was, sometimes she was not. So that was a Wednesday night. Miles was born in April. That was in July. April to May, May to June, June to July. Three months. He's three months old. Where is he? And that's a, that's something she actually said during the conversation with me was that she found herself drinking more and more. Where is your kid? You are a new. So so this so where I'm going with this right now is because I know she constantly asks you, does that make me a bad mother? Does that make me a bad mother? Does that make me a bad mother? Right. Where is your kid? Where was where was he? He was with without her mothers. Ah. She was supposed to go get him. She said she had some event she had to go to. So she went to the event. She was going to go get him after the event. She just decided to leave him down there that night because she would have had to have get up early to take him the next morning back to her mother's because her mother babysitted during the day while we went to work. Okay. Why would I want to have sex with somebody who comes home like that three or four nights a week? How attractive is that to me? So did you guys, did you ever talk to her? Obviously, I guess she did. I tried to talk about it in therapy. The first therapist session we ever went to, I tried to bring it up and talk to her about it in therapy. And she said that I felt like you guys were, you, me, you, and a therapist that she selected. I felt like you guys were, what's the word when you gang up on? Gang up on? Yeah. She said I should have defended her. So we're not going to therapy to be honest and tell the truth? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to cut this part out, right? Because I'm not comfortable talking about this. You're supposed to pump and dump. Wow. So much that she went and found an article online that said breast milk is, it does, a lot of the alcohol is gone by the time it gets to the breast milk. But she tries to make it out to be that this started as a result of being with me, or it started as a result of her divorce or the stress. No. Because I remember having these conversations and like, you know, sitting there and talking this through with Nina and going like, yo, those demons have been there long before I showed up. I ain't that fucking bad. Yes, sir. I ain't, I ain't that, fuck that fucking good to bring him out either. I ain't right. be pretty nice to bring right. out fucking demons like that. You can't be just some regular aggravated. Yeah, you a pressing button motherfucker. Oh, absolutely. Mm. So she talked about the barbecue in Baltimore. Yeah. Or her girlfriend's barbecue. I didn't want to take her. I made a ride in the back seat. First of all, I don't know where the fuck that ride in the back seat came from, right? We drove. She asked me to go with her down to Baltimore because her best girlfriend. So she didn't. So she didn't frame it. She didn't. I don't think she framed it as to what the event was. She said it was one of your friends' parties, and you made her go. You, you like she begged you to go, 
and you put her in the back seat. I have she no was, idea what she's talking about. And she was about. cold or whatever the hell it was. I have no idea what she's talking about. No idea. There's two times she sat in the back seat of my car. One time when I picked her up from Jersey City to bring her and Miles back to the city when she had a broke foot and she needed to rest it up on the middle of the what you call it. And then time when we the first time we were coming from school with Miles, the video was up there where she talks about um you called me a fat bitch. Yes. Yes, I saw that. And I said to her, so you've been calling me and I said to her, but you've been called so she has this so that is the first time she has ever done that in front of Miles. And one of the things I was like trying to laugh it off, like what do we this ain't the time to talk about that with the kids sitting right here. Well, that's right. what I was, that's what I thought when I saw it and poor Miles is just there, like. You see him with his hands in it, with his head in his yeah. hands. Like that's right. We, I'm not talking to her like that in front of him. I'm not talking to her about stuff like that in front of him. Why would she bring this up now? First of all, she forced herself in my fucking car. The train station is around the fucking corner, three blocks away. Why are you asking me to take you to the train station? Go to work. In my car to drive three blocks to the train station for. I mean, that's not that far fetched, is it? Why are you surprised by it? We don't fuck around like that. But y'all are friends. We're, we're we're not not. Friends. No, we're not. When was that? When was that video taken of her in the car in the backseat? September. Huh? This past September. And so you guys were in a horrible place. That yeah. We were just being civil in front of my kid. She hasn't contributed in over a year. Why would I want to be in the same place and be friendly with somebody like that? Whenever you do that with her, let me tell you what, whenever I do that with her, whenever I try to be civil, even though she's pulling some fucking stunts at the same time, she always considers that as me being okay with the stunt she's pulling. If I don't physically say, no, I'm staying away from you, blah, 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 in her mind, you're okay with her. I've experienced that a hundred times with her. I'm going through it right now. She wants to put him in this school, and then she wants to put him in a new school the year after that, and then want to put him in a new school the year after that. And I said, where's the stability? What, what is, what's the reason for changing the schools? Because some famous author's kid goes to that school, and she's all about that fucking shit. God, you had to ask, didn't you? No other reason. No, because I'm saying, like, like Clark, is, there a me- is there a method to the madness? No other reason. No other right. reason. It doesn't sound like it is. Because even, right, even What's his name? So that, her answer when I said, what does he want to put him in this school for? Coates. Who's the author? Coates or, or whatever it Tal- is. Tal- Talakashi Coates or whatever yeah. it is. His kid goes to the school. Yeah. So that's why she wants to get him in that school. So he's in one school. This, and, I, and, and my response to that was, okay, so you're going to put him in this school, but they only got school from 830 to 2. The school he's in right now is from 8 to 6. That means I don't have to pay for aftercare, which saves me $800 a month. Mm. You gonna pay that eight hundred dollars a month? Well, we could talk about that when we get there. We could develop a new budget plan. Fuck you. How are you gonna fucking start deciding how we gonna spend my money when you ain't contributed no money for over a goddamn year? How so we, so we we are gonna have a new budget plan means you are gonna have a new budget plan that you got to. There's pay. no respect for my money or my time. There's zero respect. And they got uniforms over at this new school. So now I'm buying uniforms. I'm kicking up $800 a month for aftercare to get them. Chances are I'm the guy taking them there in the morning and picking them up because it's all the way over there on 90-something Street and fucking whatever else it is on the Upper West Side. How the fuck are you going to get over there every goddamn morning? Look at the text I just sent you. I sent it to you about an hour ago. Oh, with the budget? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she ain't got no money to contribute to Miles, right? But she's got a ride share plan with fucking uh, Lyft for 200 and something dollars a fucking month. Where is it? 
$300 a month, but she ain't got no money to give miles. But she's got the, what's the ride plan for? So that you just call them and they take it off your money and you don't have to, what, you get a discounted rate or whatever else it is? Or oh, unlimited rides or what is it? Unlimited on? rides for whatever else it is. Yeah, so she's got a ride plan with them, right? She's at the fucking liquor store. How many times do you see here or the fucking bar? She's hanging out. Exactly. But she ain't got no goddamn money to contribute to her son because I make two or three times more than her. I hope Miles figures out exactly who she is when he gets older. What's wrong with that? When you're pulling stunts like this, yeah, there's something wrong with that. I wouldn't want my kid to know this shit about me either if I was pulling these goddamn stunts. We do not want to look at black women like this because black women, we're all going around saying, have been the fucking concrete base of raising the fucking black child for fucking 400 years while people have been putting us through all this bullshit. The black women's been, not all of them, not all of them. That's true. And a lot of that shit is by default because the nigga just happened to be more eight shit than you was. Mm. If you had your opportunity to not be shit and beat him to it, shit, you'd be gone too. So even more difficult is the idea that you have a lot of our shit dads who don't know their rights and get pushed out of the equation. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was having a conversation with somebody who's like, yo, we always talk about deadbeat dads and deadbeat dads or absentee dads, and we don't talk about the damage done by toxic moms. Let me go on record and say I'm not saying Habiba is a toxic mom. Clark, let me tell you, Clark is about as politically correct as they fucking come. Right. He gotta be. He gotta be Clark, Listen, dude, I might run for office one day, man. Come on. Okay, all right. Listen, you I have way too much fun. to find nothing where he called nobody no bitch. That ain't never gonna happen. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> There's probably a lot of footage of me, of me calling so, somebody so, out of their name. So, so, this is what I live with. Right. Every day. So did you see the video of the dirty tub? Mm. Yeah. I saw the video of the dirty. I'm supposed to think he had a bath the night before or even the day before that? I mean, but do, okay, I thought kids sometimes that age, like, will take a bath, like, or shower every other day. I thought that's standard, no? Keep yeah. in mind, I'm not a parent. I know shit about him. He did. He's going to leave a ring around a tub like that. Like, first of all, I think it depends. There's toys in that tub. There's a shitload of toys in that shit. Okay. See, so I'm, I'm looking yeah. at it, and I go, and I go, yeah. I go let me bring Pigpen to the goddamn thing. <laughs> right. Because, like, all right, so Ella's, Ella's playing devil's advocate. Because I'm watching and I'm going, okay. Because I know, like, for me, I'm like, yo, y'all motherfuckers got to bathe every day. Now, you're, you're teenagers now. I'm not I'm not policing and monitoring it. But when they were little, I'm like, yo, you got to bathe. But it's also, like, depending on what they're getting into in the course of the day. Like, what kind of play are they getting into? Where have they been? What are they engaging in? How much sweating are they doing? They're going to be dirty. Did you see about the, the, the clothes that are too small? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yo, son. <laughs> Dumb pants, though. Just, oh. Yo. So, so, but, a, no. I said to her a hundred times before that, he's got clothes. I bought clothes. What the fuck do you keep putting this shit on him for? Yo, I'm... Keep bringing them up with that shit on. Oh. And then the 10th time she brings him with that shit on, I go to fuck off. And why are you acting like that? Yo, I'm laughing. It, it's just a pair of dirty socks. No, it's every day. It's every day. Cause I, my kid. I, I, I laugh when I saw that because I was like, yo. Fucking like socks. Cool. Like in Trinidad, they'd be like, yo, like your ankle or your, your, your pants had a fight. <laughs> but he had clothes that fit. It's like, yeah, I go just past that. She just didn't do laundry. She, she did, had you, did, you, did you see the, the potato chips in the fucking... In the, in the thing, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Every day, it's some every day. We used to do battle because you kept giving them a fucking bottle every goddamn day before you got to fucking school or or what you call it. And then I'd have to fucking and then they'd be looking at what is when I get there to daycare, they're looking at you like, what has he got a bottle for? How old was he in that? Uh, he started going there at 18 months. So he's so he's a little under two years old with a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> is that not the norm? I'm like, yo, that's not like, I'm looking at that not the end of the world, but if you're trying to wean him off of it. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with that. It was that she had, the doctor, she had taken him to a nutritionist because she was worried about his weight. And the doctor had just told her, stop giving him a goddamn bottle all the time. What was wrong with his weight? He was underweight. He was stuck at 15 pounds for the longest. He's still underweight. So wait, so he's not supposed to have milk or they're trying to get him to eat more solid? She was giving him more milk than she was giving him himself. Okay. Because it was just the easiest thing to do? No, her response was when he gets up in the morning, he's difficult to deal with. So it's easy just to give him a bottle and it quiets him down. Which is, which was her explanation of the whole pajama gate um, situation and, and why, why she opted to to have him in pajamas. See, and, and, and this is why I say context is important, right? Because like, even pajama gate, right? And we'll go back to bottle in a second, but even pajama gate, as we refer to it now, like I live in the suburbs and whereas like my kids were getting dressed for school, you had tons of kids who were going to preschool and even in elementary school in their fucking pajamas. Given the, given the opportunity, you got middle school and high schoolers who are going to school in their pajamas. In the so middle of the winter. All year round, dude. But hold on, hold on. Yeah. He's a fucking toddler. He's fucking two years old. He had a snowsuit. Why wouldn't you put the snowsuit on him that I bought? Oh, so, so, we, so, so, so that's the other thing. So once again, context. So he has on pajamas outside in the cold and nothing else. And a heavy coat. Right, but nothing on his legs. No. Nothing underneath the pajamas? Oh, so I never got to that. But hold on, I never got to that, right? I never got to that. But as far as I know, nothing on the pajamas. But here's here's how the explanation doesn't make sense. At that time, Miles was still wearing a diaper overnight. We're still potty training him. So he can pee during the day. Sometimes he misses, sometimes he doesn't. But he's wearing a diaper. So You got to change his diaper. You had to change his fucking diaper. So the fucking pajamas are already off of him. Why would you put them back on if that was the fucking reason? Well, unless it's one of those diapers that you don't have to take the pants off. Okay. Then what did you put on him? Nothing underneath? Not even underwear? She would put on a new diaper. Because you said you just roll the pants down to his legs and change right. the diaper without taking right. them fully off. Right. So you rip the diaper off. You put that away. You go get the other new diaper. You you put the... I know what you're talking about. You tear the, the, the Velcro off. You mm-hmm. put it up. You put the Velcro on this side. You put the Velcro on this side. All so that you don't have to take off his pajama pants. Does that make sense to you? None of it makes sense. Okay. That's the real sense. reason. Because she probably didn't do laundry and she couldn't find no fucking pants to him. That's why she took him in his pajamas. Well, her reason, her her excuse was, you know, Miles was being fussy. She was running late to work. She had a big meeting and she just did not she have that to, I know to argue with Miles or make him put on pants. So it was just easier for her to leave him in his pajamas. I, 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 she told me that same bullshit. I said, that shit doesn't make no goddamn sense. You're the parent. It, hey, and I, that's exactly what I said to her. And I also said, like, hey, you took the time to get yourself together for work and for your meeting. You made sure your shit was tight, but then let the little boy go to school with his pajamas. And she was like, yeah, listen, I'm just going to have to take an L on that. That doesn't make me a horrible parent. If you add up all the other stuff, though, She's just taking that isolated incident. 
add up all the other stuff, though. It's not just that isolated incident is my point. And she made it seem like that was it. That was the only time that had ever happened. Look at all of the stuff I sent you. Did you see the thing he's holding the fingernail clipper when I got him in the morning? No, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah. There's a photo of it, right? He's holding a fingernail well, clipper. What did she say about that? I, I, I text her later, why is Miles holding this? She called me. I don't know. He just had it. He was playing with it. He was always showing up to, 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 to school when I would go get him after she dropped him off. He had a cheese grater, had a spatula. He always had some fucking bullshit going on. What? Maybe he was the cook. No. It was like, hey, let me just give him this. They used to look at me when I, I would come. Did you see the picture of him with the fucking sandals on that are too small with the socks? I did. Did you see that picture? I open sandals. I go to school. He comes running out the fucking thing like this. I'm looking at them. They kids looking at me like, yo, what do you want us to do? We didn't put this on him. She did. We get home. I took a picture of that shit. I sent it to him. I'm like, what the fuck is What is this he's wearing? He wanted to wear that this morning. Son, I, 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 but I say like with, with the entire thing, I have seen the kids come to school in fucking tutus. In fucking Halloween costumes. He's three years old. Like, he's three years old. Son, I'm, I'm saying, like, you got kids up until kindergarten, pushing he's six years old, old, coming to school in tutus, cowboy boots, fucking How pajamas. Kid to school in fucking snow boots in the summer. In the middle of the winter. He's Crocs. Two, he's three years old. He doesn't have the right to make that decision. And, and, I'm saying it, it's not <laughs> uncommon. That's a fact, though. That's a fact. Right. He, he doesn't, he doesn't, like, here's the thing. He's three years old. Ultimately, you can press him into doing anything you want because he's three. I'm saying it's not uncommon to see parents who just go, fuck it. I'm not fighting this battle. I have so many other battles to fight during the course of my day. I'm not fighting the clothing battle. And I watched it. I, I watched kids walking through the snow in fucking Crocs. Clark, do you do that? Hell no, I don't. Okay. But I'm yeah. saying, all right, so so so. If I'm saying culture, culture. I don't do it. I'm not trying to create. I'm not trying to create that culture with my kid that he decides right. that sort of stuff. I'm not. I'm not. Listen, I'm I'm not. I'm I'm not arguing your right to do so because I'm on the same page. I know I'm on the same page. So I just see lots of it. So at the end of the day, right, you know, because we've been going on for a long time, right? At the end of the day, you want to get along with me, contribute your fair share according to your real income, not the income that you're suppressing or hiding. Pick him up on time, drop him off on time, dress him properly, feed him properly and get him to bed on time and get him to do his homework and be responsible for your task, not making plans where I'm responsible for your task. Like finding a school for him that's fucking from 8.30 to 2 when he's already in the school from 8 to 6 and then somebody's got to pay the fucking $800 a month for school to, for day aftercare to go get him and you've just decided, hey, David will take care of it. I know that's what it is. It's David will take care of it. He's already sure taking care of it. He'll take care of it. If I don't show up, David's not going to let him not let him have health care insurance. Here's what I'm... What I realized just listening to everything that has happened within the span of all these episodes, Habiba's focus on the relationship with you. Go ahead now. Come on, Ellen, because I'm going to circle back with you on that. Go ahead. Habiba's focused on the relationship with you. You're focused on her as a mother. So there's a disconnect, right? Because you're focused on how her as a co-parent, how she's raising your son, what she's not doing. 
and all that bullshit. She's focused on how you talk to her, how you make her feel, how all of this. And I, I feel like that's where the disconnect is. <laughs> that's what I got. Okay. I think, I think that's a, a huge part of the disconnect, Ellen. And I didn't think about that initially. But as you pointed out, like, when you hear them talk, the point of focus is absolutely different. Completely different. Completely different. You know, I, what she will say about Dave as a father is he's amazing. I'd even have another fucking kid with him, which is confusing to me. Well, so it's funny because somebody, somebody else brought that up. And they were saying, like, yo, you got to think about the societal stigma. Multiple baby daddies and so on and so forth. She already know what she got in David. And she's already got to deal with this devil one way or another. The devil you know is a lot better than the devil you don't. If I really want to have another kid, fuck it. I might as well go back to the same well, not have to deal with the societal stigma, not have to deal with juggling two baby daddies and just, you know, take that L because I'm already taking it. And so it's interesting because, you know, a handful of people have brought that, that part of the conversation up to me, like, you know, behind the scenes. But yeah, like your, your deconstruction, Ella, I think, I think is sound. I think the, the other part of the, the, the situation is that for whatever your lenses are for the relationship, whether you or Habiba, y'all absolutely have trigger the fuck out of each other. Like you become very impassioned and very frustrated when talking and thinking and dealing with each other. And, and it's natural because you have so much on the line in the form of this little human being that you have between you. you know? But at some point, like, man, I don't, it, it's got to get sorted out. Because guess who, guess who we're not considering how they feel or what they're receiving energy-wise is Miles. That's not true. That's not true. I well, consider that every day. I consider that every day. That's not true. Okay. Uh, in the past couple of episodes, it's just been solely focused on how Habiba feels about Dave and how Dave feels about Habiba as a mother. And so something Habiba said, and this could be a lie, something Habiba said in our conversation together was there was a, there was a time or a situation where she was getting ready, she was getting miles ready either to drop him off to you or you were coming to pick him up. And she was flustered and she recognized that she was running late. And so she says that Miles says to her, Mommy, you gotta hurry up. Daddy's gonna get mad. We don't want daddy to get mad. You know how daddy's gonna get mad or daddy's gonna yell or whatever. So in my mind, how that registered is that Miles is receiving energy from Dave and obviously he's receiving anxiety from Habiba. And so that's his response. I know she made that. that up. She made that up. She made that up. How do you, how do you know that? You weren't there. How Miles do doesn't you talk know? like that. To this day, he does not talk like that. So you, don't, you don't know what he's talking, what he's saying to his mother. So I appreciate you giving her the benefit of the doubt, Ellen. If I don't come with receipts, nobody has any any faith in what comes out of my mouth. My son does not talk like that. I'm just telling you. That's how. not a faith. I don't think that's a faith call. I think that's a that's a perspective call. My son doesn't talk like that. So, so paraphrasing or phrasing in a different way that fits his vocabulary is not possible that. that that he's reading his mother being nervous, his mother's nervous energy. And My son does not talk like that. He doesn't talk like that. He doesn't talk like that. It doesn't mean he doesn't feel like that. So he then he said what? So 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 here's here's an example, right? I took Miles to basketball practice with me. I do the basketball volunteer thing at the NBA Knicks, right? The junior Knicks program at the Y. And while I'm working with the kids over here, one of the other coaches picked Miles up and has him up high in the air like this. Um, I posted the picture on my Instagram, right? 
and was dunking the ball and everybody was cheering and Miles was clapping and all that other sort of stuff, right? This was in January of this year. Miles wasn't really putting together phrases at that time. Um, he was kind of, you know, like three to four or five sentence words. And then the guy did it again. He holds him up in the air. He dunks the ball and everybody's cheering and all that other sort of stuff, right? And I took the picture again. I sent the picture to her or I posted it on my Instagram or whatever else it is, right? Um, I had picked him up on the weekend just to take him with me out, right? And then I bring him back with her. I used to do that shit all the time. Even though it wasn't my day, go get him in the afternoon to give him a break. I was still doing that up until January. She calls me and she says, David, Miles says uh, that this man hurt him, that this man was hurting him, that he was choking him. I said, what are you talking about? She said the man that was holding him up in the air, Miles said that the man choked him. He hurt him. I said that did not happen. She said, well, maybe you didn't see it. I said, I was there the entire time. I took the pictures. Okay, but you sure you didn't step away or something like that? Habiba, Miles doesn't leave my goddamn side. But you could have been looking away, playing him. That does not happen. She makes things up all the time. Another time, she calls me and she says to me he won't put his toys away. This happens once a week, every week for at least the last six months. She calls me, David. Miles won't put his toys away, talk to him. Miles won't put his toys away, talk to him. Miles won't put his toys away, talk to him. I talked to him. Okay. She calls me back one time and said, David, when I told Miles that I was going to call you, he started crying. He said that you were going to hit him. Are you hitting Miles? Okay. So I said, Habiba, first of all, if I want to discipline my son with a spanking, that's what I will do. Nobody will tell me that I will do anything else. But I can count on one time the times I even come close to having to spank Miles on his bottom, and it's probably three. But why are you calling me with this nonsense? He didn't say that. She makes things up all the time for her benefit. And you guys are having a hard time believing this stuff. I'm going to cut this part out. Yeah. I'm starting to believe that. There, there may be some truth to that. Right. She keeps talking now. She suffers from anxiety. She suffers from anxiety. She never told me that shit. And so the first time I'm hearing that. So I, I'll say to you, like I went through this with Nina, where like she talks about it candidly. I don't, I don't think she brought it up on the show, but she talks about it candidly in her life. Like she suffers from anxiety and depression. She never said anything to me about right because because she how was this the first time I'm hearing about this on the fucking podcast? She doesn't even know. Right, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying to you, she knows like, enough to use it as an excuse for her behavior, Ellen. This whole thing about the pregnancy. And when she was given birth and all that other sort of stuff, that shit is so fucking, it is such a lie. The idea that we were not together when she was pregnant is such a lie. Look at the text messages. It's sweetie, honey, baby. She makes things up all the time. And we, I, I get people have, find that hard to believe. I'm sorry. I think a lot of that is just connected to we want to give this black woman who had a baby the benefit of the fucking doubt. I think it's also you want to give human beings the benefit of the doubt in, in a conversation. When, yes, you've the, like, 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 in hand, though, when you've got evidence in hand. Yo, but th think about the conversations we're having, David, right? All the conversations we're having, it's Habiba has said some shit. Habiba has said some shit. Habiba has said some shit. The shit she is saying is obviously incendiary incendiary and frustrating to you. And it isn't until we just had this conversation tonight that you're sitting here and going, okay, this is the ABC of it. Like, you're sitting there frustrated and flustered, and we're like, yo, damn, like, she really get under his skin. What the fuck? And then now you're spelling it out, and we're like, oh, like, I, like, I, I don't want to speak for Ellen. I'm saying for me, I'm sitting there going, oh, so this is why. 
This is the, this is the ABC of the conversation. We're not coming in with your perspective on her backstory. So Clark, thank you for saying that. But my only problem with that, right, is okay. So you're absolutely right. There's like nothing you 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 don't know the perspective. You hear me say this. You hear here's something that I noticed, right? She said he's never gonna play this. He's never gonna play this. She told you, Ellen, what kind of person would play this? What kind of person would play this? Her goal was not that it ever got played. Her goal was that I suppressed it and that she could be able to say, see, you don't even want the truth to come out. No matter how untrue it is, that's how she operates. Say something so bombastic that I will just be, uh, you know, fuck it, just, no, we're not going to play it. And then she can walk around saying you wouldn't even play the thing because it's the truth and you just don't want the truth to come out. If I hadn't had all these text messages and all this other sort of stuff, people would still be like, eh. Because what I think is the other side of the equation, too, right, is why did she come on the show in the first place? Right. Why Why, why did she come on the show in the first place? She said she wanted to foster a co-parenting relationship. How'd that right. That, so 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 that that's 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 the, the the surface level shit. Right. That's that's the, that's the body of the swan. What are the legs that are thrashing below the water? The, the shit that's thrashing below the water is she heard Nina come on and share her perspective. She heard Nefertiri Plessy talk about this aspirational perspective with her her her, her former baby daddy. It she, was really Nefertiri's uh, saying uh, that that episode with her that was a game changer. And this is her words, Habiba's words. It was it was a, I came on because mostly it was a game changer for David talking to Nefertari or whatever Nefertari said. And I've always been curious about what was said that was such a game changer that would make Habib say, well, you know what? Maybe it's safe to come on. Dave, do you? And I'm sorry to cut you off, um, Clark, but you so what that- Nefertari said is that you need to realize that co-parenting is you being forced to be, to communicate with somebody you'd rather never talk to again in your life. I'm not right. sure how Habiba thinks that that benefits her. Well, no, she said it stuck with you. It, like it, yeah, she, she's I'm never seen you that. move in that positive direction. There was no positive direction. What positive direction? I guess the way you I were began to real, I began to realize that I'm have to have a conversation with somebody. Or I'm being forced to communicate with somebody that I'd rather never talk to a day in my life. So perhaps something about your shit, your energy changed with Nothing that. Nothing changed. She said it. Nothing changed. I just said it. Nothing changed. What positive direction is she talking about? That's another lie. She's just looking for something in it to, for her. So, okay. so coming coming back to the point that I was leaning to. Sorry, Clark. What? No, but it's, it's a valid question. What is below the surface, right? So the Nefertiri Plessy, the, the, the Nina, what's below the surface is she finally has a platform. She's listened to you for the past year share your perspective on co-parenting with her. And not all of our episodes are about our co-parents, but, but, but they come but up. Clark, but Clark, you really need to go back and listen to see what I actually said about her. Hold on. Listen to what I'm saying to you. I'm, I'm not even going into the details of what you've said about her, but you have had this platform. So now she has this opportunity for her voice to be heard and her voice got heard through episode one. And here we are devoting another shit three hours to her as a topic of conversation. So when you ask what's in it for her, she now has access to the platform. Okay, so I'll, I'll piggyback that. So after my four and a half hour episode with her, I, I, my brain was fried. It was shot. And the one question that I kept asking myself was what, what is all this for? 
Why, why, why is this happening? What are we doing? What's this conversation? Like, what's the benefit of, like, what's going to come out of this? And it took me a second to get to a place of understanding that it's very easy to believe the woman, right? Because what society talks about and, and, and showcases is the deadbeat dad. We're clear on that. Those niggas exist. What we haven't been clear on as a society, at least outwardly, is deadbeat mom. It, it 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 it's hard to say. It's hard to 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 think. It's it's hard to believe. Um, but for me, I've had to come to an understanding that it is possible that a woman can be full of shit who's a mother. And that, will- yeah, that part right there, a woman who is a mother. Right. That's the problem right there. A woman, yeah, you know, they out here, they Instagram thoughts all of. But once she has had a kid, we expect. That all of that shit stops. It don't. But motherhood, yes. Clearly. So that's, yeah, that, that's taking a second for that to sink in and it's still sinking in. Um, but you know, I, there, there's, there's been so many inconsistencies in all the, the, the unpacking that we've done since the recording between Clark and Habiba that there's enough fact over feeling that is allowing me to understand what has been hard to understand. And I'm still processing it because it's hard to believe. Right. I mean, it's like, yo, it's it's like somebody comes to you with a story, right? And you're like, yo, what? Nah. I mean, like, there's, there's actual instances in all of this. And, and, and not to rehash all this shit, but there have so, been so many instances in this world. Wait, hold on. Explain that to me again. Like, oh, right, fuck it. Going directly to an instance. You calling me or, or me calling you and going like, she did what with Ellen on the phone? And I had to re, I, I had to say it aloud and recount what I thought I heard. And you stopped me already. No, let me explain it to you. And you explained it to me. And I still had to say, hold on. Let me make sure I have this straight. So this is what happened. Then this and then this. And you're like, yes. And it still took me a few minutes during the course of that conversation for me to wrap my mind about it because around it, because it was so surreal. And what you have to understand, like even with me and Ellen, we don't have that context, but like anytime you come across these shit, you're still like, yo, wait, wait, what, what happened? She did what? Nah, wait, no. And it's not, Oh, fuck you, David. Cause you a liar. We don't believe you. It's, it's like, it's some Looney Tunes esque shit that you have to wrap your mind behind. Like you literally have to take your brain out. And wrap it around this concept because it is so fucking forward. Which is why I said that I expected it. When you guys asked me on the live, what did you think after you read? Eh, it's par for the course. And y'all sitting there like, that's all this nigga got to say after all of this shit she done said to it about this motherfucker. He ain't got nothing else. Yeah, I live with this shit. I've been living with this shit for five years. And then when she, so now when, with episode two, right? And, and the shit got fucking crazy. I literally had to call my friend Rachel and have her listen through it with me as if we were holding hands because oh. that little trying to tell that I'm going to some fucking white party on the night my kid is going to be born. And I'm like, fuck that. No, you're not. You okay. Ain't nothing going on. Like I'm talking to her like a fucking crazy person after I have been to every appointment except one. And I still have the videos of his heartbeat and his first time we saw his face and all that other sort of stuff because, and for the entire nine months I had been talking about eating the placenta and your family knew about that shit. And your mother said, yo, David, they send those things out for stem cell research. They ain't trying to give that back to you. They get good money for that. And, 
And for her to say like that part, when I remember it was 20 minutes in, that part really hurt. Mm. That, that, and, and I don't know. I don't believe that that's her perspective. I said this to you because some people just lie. She made it up because she's looking to blow a dog whistle. Forget what David says to you. Forget what he shows you. Don't even pay attention to the fact that I fucking drink a lot, whatever else it is. He's abusive. And that's easy to believe. It's a dog whistle. It's easy to believe. So I remember this time she bought this rug. Right. And we had already talked about our master plan was not to buy anything new because we're looking to move someplace else. And let's just stick with what we have. She talks about how there was no plan. Look in the email. There is a sorry, the text messages. There is a plan that I laid out for her that she said, I am with that plan. So for her to go now now and say he ain't give me no plan. If he ain't say nothing about no plan, then he ain't got one. It's fucking bullshit. She made that shit up. It's, it's, it's the proof is in the text message. I told her what my plan was. She agreed when it said good plan. So she's full of shit. But she bought this fucking rug. We said we were going to stop buying shit. Here's this. I'm not going to buy no clothes. You're not going to buy no mother because she has this thing for like furniture and rugs and carpets and all sorts of shit. I brought the rug upstairs. I left it right by the fucking door. She comes in. I don't know what time it was. It was after midnight. Miles was in the bed sleep. I was on the sofa sleep because by this time it had gone to me on the sofa, her in the bed with Miles. And boom, she goes down, trips over that fucking sofa. That wasn't my intent. My intent was her to see that fucking sofa coming in the fucking door and say, say, listen, I know what the fuck you up to. We said we was going to do this, but you do it anyway. She closed the door. She goes down one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand. I'm all right. I said, bitch, I didn't ask. You didn't say bitch. I didn't say bitch. You're absolutely right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. But I said, I didn't ask. You said bitch in his mind. Though. In my mind, <laughs> I definitely, in my mind, I definitely did. So it was three to four days a week. The time she had on that pink dress was the time that she came looking for me over in Harlem by one of the fucking clubs and she couldn't find me. I was sitting down the block on the steps out, uh, a, a half a block away from the club and I saw her go by in the fucking pink dress like she was going from spot to spot to spot looking for me. I saw her. I never told her this. She's going to hear it now and then she's, yeah, she's probably going to ask me what pink dress video you're talking about when I said this shit to her. She's going to say, I don't remember Corey and that. That was always her explanation. I don't remember that. Getting drunk and then doing some fucked up shit and then saying I don't remember that because I was drunk is not an excuse. In Vinias Veritus, in wine, there is truth. Yeah. There's some, there's some shit under. You it. asked her, Clark. This is the, this is in the real life right now bullshit that's going on. You asked her, Clark, do you have anything you want to promote? And she said, yeah, I have an interior design business, but, uh, I shut it down. What the fuck you mentioned in some interior design business that you shut down? That's what I thought too. Why are you mentioning that? Did you forget you shut it down? Are you going to reopen it? She said, no, but I shut it down because that's what she told the courts in January when we were in support courts because I was saying she's got more income than she's fucking talking about. Oh. And she knows I carry that shit back to fucking court. Ooh. So she she's still doing the interior design off the books. Go to her Instagram right now. Type in BBK Design. I fucking dare you. Go to her website right now and type Habiba K Design and look at her fucking website right now. I fucking dare you. 
The ship is up and running. Right. No, I'm I, I'm not bothering to because I think that's the Instagram she gave me. What's the insta? What's the the website name? Uh, Habib uh, Biba K Design. Something like that. Okay. If you go to her, if you go to her her Instagram, it, uh, the link to the website is there. No, I'm already on the website. Why you got a website if the business is out of if if, if the business is shut down? She told the courts in 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 the beginning of uh, at the end of 2019, the beginning of 20, she shut it down because I was saying she got income coming in from this, and she was like, "No, I don't. No, I don't." Meanwhile, I got it in the transcript when we were in excuse me, custody court that she did. And when I subpoenaed her bank records, Clark, you the financial expert, right? Look at it. She uses Venmo to receive money from her clients. There's at least three or four in the statements that I sent you cash out for Venmo for at least $1,400 each. So that's what? That's additional income. And that's that was only one, one month. month. That's, that's only saying, one, one month. Right. So let's just say it's 3000 a month. No, no, right. 3000 a month is 30 dollars a year. Undeclared. Undeclared. Mm. And, and and you guys want me to get to a common ground with somebody who's operating like this right now. This isn't old stuff. Right now, you just interviewed her and she did the, I have the business, but it shut down. What the fuck are you talking about a business that shut down for? I mean, because she... You no, know, she might have hopes too. And this is just me playing devil's advocate. Go ahead, Ellen. Keep giving her the benefit of the doubt. Go ahead. Me playing devil's advocate. She gonna call whatever her name is and say, "Why do you still got that bitch doing correspondent? She ain't shit. She don't know shit, and she back mouthing me. And I'm the godmother to your fucking kid. How you gonna take her side over my side? And then the fucking woman gonna call up and say, Ellen." I don't know what the fuck you did, but I need to get her off my fucking back. Listen. Keep co-signing. She, and, and, the, and the woman called me the next day. We were on the phone for four or five hours, unrelated to my conversation. With Never her. came up. It, it, it came up like a, a second of um, maybe I think she said, oh, that's crazy. Did she know how to or something? But I said nothing. I didn't respond. I didn't react. So she kept it moving. But anyway, um, but maybe the, the reason, you know, she brought it up and then quickly said it's it shut down is because it, it, it's maybe it's not going to be shut down forever. She has hopes to get it back up and running. That was my thought until my man said she got fucking 42 grand of it. Did you see the money? Did you look? I'm pulling it up now, but I'm taking your word for it right now. If you Ellen, did you see it? I saw that. It's in bank statements. I saw the balance. 42000 in cash, yet you can't contribute to your son's daycare or health care or medical care because you cry and broke. Did That's you see the thing where she actually pays her back rent? I, I, I highlighted that one, too. Habiba paying her back rent. I'm going to have to dissect all this shit, because I was, I was going through all of it, but I, I was going through it, but I didn't get through all of this shit, because you, you put a lot of receipts out there. <laughs> a lot. A lot of good receipts. And so I, I did recognize a common theme. Um, in those text messages of her doing a lot of apologizing. I forgot all about that. Thank you, Ellen, for bringing that up. Oh, my God, I'm going to have to cut this thing to death. But go ahead. She did a lot of apologizing of some foul shit she said or some foul way she reacted. And so I thought that was interesting. I was uh, pleasantly surprised to to see that, considering how she's pitched it on the front end. Um is it's all you. It's all instigated by you. It all starts with you. So did you see the one where she called the stuff I'm working on shit? Um, so yeah. go back and look when you get your chance, right? Okay. So 
I got my desk just like over there. I'm in the corner. I'm working on some animation and stuff like that. I'm teaching myself the animation. I don't know what the fuck she wanted to talk to me about it, but for some reason, I wasn't paying enough attention to her. So she wants to talk to me about something. I said, well, I'm over here working. She said, well, that's only shit. So my passion, my love, Mm. my art is shit. And I'm supposed to be fucking head over heels magical with this motherfucker. And I'm supposed to want to fuck her. Yeah, I get that. I get how you wouldn't. Yeah, there is is a propensity to be dismissive about the shit that a dude is passionate about. So, yeah, there was a lot of apologies. And one of the things she used to always say to me, well, so she would say something. I would get mad. I would say something. And she would be like, well, at least I apologize. I said, well, what good is apologizing if you keep doing doing the same shit over again? Right, right. Fuck an apology. Don't apologize. That's why I say I... I say what I fucking mean when I say that shit. I ain't just throwing out fuck you just and throwing up the middle finger just because. If if you get a middle finger from me, I really mean fuck you. She had 48, I'm saying 43. Wasn't it really $48,000 that she transferred from some fucking account into her account? She paid her back rent, and that's why she stayed in that apartment. So now, well, she took her retirement. I pay, take my, I tap into my retirement money all the goddamn time. So That's what, part of what raising kids are. Clark, you ever tap into your retirement money? Absolutely. All right. I'm never retiring. I'm never <laughs> retiring. I'm working until I die. Right, basically. That's what raising kids is about. So what did the court say? Because I, I, like, I haven't, we haven't been, so I subpoenaed the court. So, so you don't get a subpoena for court records like this, bank records like this, unless you have a good reason, right? Right. Okay. So I go to the court and I say to them, listen, when we were in custody court, she said such and such. I have the transcript. The judge says, well, show me the transcript. I show them the transcript. So they didn't know when we were in custody court that I was really setting this thing up. Child support court, right? I knew the fucking deal wasn't going to fucking change over there. They ain't never fucking award no black man fucking uh, primary custody of no goddamn kid unless the woman's a fucking uh, a crackhead. They ain't doing that shit, right? But I was really setting it up for a fool. So I asked the question in custody court. Do you have private clients in this business that you so so that's the other thing, the business. She took the month, she took the job for for contributing to Miles, but she never contributed to Miles. The shit doesn't make no fucking sense. But anyway, so I asked the question in custody court. We get over to what you call the court. They say, well, show proof that she's got money coming into some business. I show them the transcript. They say, okay, we grant you the goddamn subpoena. I send the subpoena off to Chase Bank. Chase Bank says, here's all the records we have on that account. And they send me this account, which absolutely proves what I was saying, that she's got income coming in from this thing to the tune of at least a thousand, sometimes three thousand dollars a month. If you add that to the salary of her regular job, plus the other secondary job she had at Restoration Hardware, she makes more than me. I shouldn't be paying her anything. Mm. This is a stunt she's pulling right now, right now, actively in it right now. How do you come to common ground with somebody who's not being honest in the first place? That's impossible. You can't get to common ground with somebody who's just not being honest, who's a liar. How do you get there? Who's fucking you and trying to be friendly? Forget the fact that uh, I dated you, you dated me, you like me. The dude is here and we need to be responsible for him. But it hasn't been that way. So, you know, listen. It, it, it'll all come out in the wash. And I asked Clark this a while ago, right? So we get back to court. I've done the math on it, right? It could be anywhere from 10000 to $20,000 that uh, 
she could be backed up on child support. You going to have a problem with me garnishing her salary? Um, no, because that 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 happens. We we when women do that to 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 fathers as well. So you got to do what you you have to do what you have to do, Dave. Clark, in, in this instance, with with all this going on, how how can I be mad at you for for going for that? You can't get to common ground with somebody who's not being honest. You got to be honest first. Be honest, and we'll get to common ground. You so listen. We've been on for a while, right? Are we done? Is there anything else that I have not addressed? No, I, no, I think we, I think we we touched on everything, man. I don't think there's there's much that we left unsaid. Right? So once this airs, then what? We done. I'm not I'm not giving this any more energy. But I think I also want to do something right where I um uh, talk more about uh, my biological imperative, how I felt, and where that led me to do. In order to get here, you know, you guys said that, you know, when I talked about, you know, taking advantage of that with respect to her, I'm willing to get deeper into that. I'm not sure where it's going to take me, the gender roles and all of that sort of stuff. I want to get deeper into that and I want to elevate the conversation to not just be about who shot who, but how we look at each other in this society and who we tend to believe you know, versus who when it, in these different situations. That's a worthy conversation. Yeah. Because I, I would venture to say there are a lot of men that are going through this shit, but no one's talking about it. So I know for a fact that when it comes to dealing with a difficult woman, the easier thing to do is cheat. It's just easier to cheat. Fuck pushing back. Fuck fighting. You give her whatever she wants and what she asked for, and then you cheat on her. And that's your out versus pushing back. One of the reasons that I did not cheat and I will not, right, is because if you do, that's all anybody's going to talk about. No matter how difficult that person, no matter all the facts I brought to you about how difficult she has been with me, the only thing anybody will talk about is that I cheated. You should have talked to her. You should have did this. You should have did that. But you cheated, so all bets are off. And that's why I don't. Y'all ain't dragging me out here like that. Say whatever. That's why she says all of these bombastic things. I'm so surprised that that didn't come up. I know we got another issue that came up that uh, we cut out and you guys cut out um, and you didn't tell me that you cut it out. And then I found out that you cut it out and you thought you were doing me a favor by telling me that it was cut out. Um, I feel one way about it. I know Clark feels a different way about it. Ellen, I know you feel a certain way about it. And we don't have to get into it here. Right. Um, What I will say is that she made it up. She made up that whole goddamn scenario. That's what you're saying. She made it up. I have no idea what conversation she's talking about. We had a conversation. You said that. So, so I don't want to, you know, um, divulge too much. You know, people have said to me, you know, and I think Clark also wants to say, dude, it could just get worse for you from here. Stay away from it, man. It'll get worse for you here. No, she made it up. Look at the text messages. But those text messages could be just connected to a certain point of time. The incident she talks about could be a whole other point in time. When? That's not the case. Did did you corner her down when? What's that? Did you corner her down as to when? Not when, but it was around the time when you had all these expectations of her keeping the house together. I don't know whether that was like. She made that up too. She made that that up too. And that was before Miles was born. Okay. But that was supposedly, it was all supposedly happened before Miles was born. Me asking her to keep the house together, she made that up. 
Her saying that she was going to school four nights a week, produce a schedule. She made that up. It was two nights a week. Oh my God. It's two nights. It was two nights a week at best. And she would go to the lab on Saturdays. So let me ask you this. You knowing that she's a pathological fucking liar, right? To, to produce a schedule. Why? Why? Owen and Clark, you know she's going to reach out to you after this airs. You know. Ask her to produce a schedule. It was two nights a week at that. Let me go on record. Let me go on record as saying she can reach out to me. I am more than willing to have a conversation with her. I'm not having any more conversations on air. I'm not devoting any more time to this shit. Like we spent a lot of time on this. Dude. A lot of time. And not saying that your struggles and your strife are not important because I'm there for you for this shit. I'm there. Like you, after this, you won't call me, but your Clark. This shit is still bothering me. I'm there for you for this shit. But from a like a production standpoint, we spent a lot of fucking time. We're done. Time. We're done. We're done. Okay. We're, we're all done. But I'm telling you, it was two nights a week for school at best, and she would occasionally go to the lab on Saturdays. So she 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 embellished the fuck out of what she was doing. It's more than embellishment. The message that is coming across loud and clear here today is that she is a pathological liar. I did <laughs> introduce a schedule that shows she had class four nights a week. I dare it. So I guess my biggest question is why knowing that, right? You are the only person that truly knows that. What were you thinking was going to happen by allowing her to be on the show, giving me the green light to talk <laughs> to her? Like, what, was that all about, you know what? I need, I need you all to see and understand what the fuck is going on here, right? So we got thrown into a fucking Please. boring fire. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was exactly his plan. No. Right? No. Yes. No. A fucking no. warning would have been nice. A fucking a hey, don't get emotionally invested in this shit would have been nice. Don't 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 fall into the fucking rabbit hole would have been nice. Let me nice. tell you something, Ellen. Let me tell you something. When you told me that she had your boss on the fucking phone, I said that's what the fuck you get for believing in that motherfucker. <laughs> your fucking ass. That's what? what the fuck you get. That's exactly what I was waiting for Clark to tell me. She said some shit to him that that fucking sick, but he didn't. Right. Clark plays it safe. But Ellen, when she told me, when you told me that shit, I said, that's what the fuck you get. Now you know what the fuck I'm talking about. And you still caping for this motherfucker. No, look, just because I'm asking questions does not. Listen, I witnessed it firsthand when she sent me that original DM one way. And then when we got on the Zoom, it's another conversation. That was my first introduction to the inconsistencies, right? And then the fucking having Val on the phone. Well, maybe she just don't like y'all. <laughs> okay. And we know this. The reason she reached out to me to begin with was because of the comments I made on yeah. pack episode. He's going to come for you too, Clark. Give her a minute. She's gonna You're next, her Clark. But Ellen, let me tell you what a whole bunch of people told me, right? Yeah, um, be he was also sending you a signal to tell you to stay away from me. A whole bunch of people believe that shit. Mm. Like, because don't date said, David? Because you said um, he came to the club and this dude came out of our section and that's the kind of nigga I need in my life. Oh, Going, yo, for real. To you to tell you that, listen, bitch, 
That's my nickel. <laughs> yo, yo, what, 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 what do, do you remember what I said about tigers pissing on trees? Ooh. Listen, t- so when a tiger pisses on a tree, it's yeah. not about having to go to the bathroom or liking that tree. It's about letting other tigers know that she's there. I did not think of that. Somebody told me that. Yo. Well, in, in our conversation, there was a moment where um, she was describing something about you, and she was like, "Well, Ellen, you you should date him so you can find out." And I was just like, "Wait, what?" Why would that come out of your mouth? Yeah. Why would you say that? So, all okay, right. this all makes sense. Okay. All right. This all, all makes right. sense. Oh, you next. You next. You watch. Y'all going to feel the venom. Y'all going to feel the venom. I love it. I love it. Bring it. So, so, so let me talk about real quick, um, and then we can get off, right? There's a lot of this conversation that she made about, I hung up the phone on her as if I was mad. When she first, when I showed up and she wasn't there for the first date that did not happen. Yeah. I didn't hang up the phone on her because I was mad. I hung up the phone on her because she was clearly fucking intoxicated on the other side. And there was no need for me to be holding on, listening to somebody. You know how you, you talk to a drunk person, she's in a taxi and they go silent for like five seconds and you're like, hello, you still there? And they're like, yeah, I'm just trying to think. So I hung yeah. the phone <laughs> Call, call me when you get home or when you sober up. Right? No, no, call me when you get home. <laughs> I don't need to talk to you. Ain't nobody sitting outside your building fucking wondering where the fuck you are and how come you stood me up. I was on to the next one. But for some reason, she just made this thing up in her mind that I'm caping for her. And that's fine, right? I did and said whatever it is I had to do, you know, um, to paint that picture after we were already dating, which is part of the stuff that I need to own, right? Right. I need to own that. Sure. I need to own saying something like, um, the reason I didn't come to your wedding is because I had a crush on you ever since we were working together. I need to own saying something like that. So I recognize my part in this and how um, I painted a picture that was not absolutely truthful because I was looking to have a baby. It's I fucked mean, up. I know. It's, it's, yo, like, like, but, but real talk, like, if we, if we sit here, we have honest and candid conversation. We have all said some shit that was less than actu- accurate and factual to move the pieces across the board. So whether it was to have a baby or to get in bed with somebody or to get them into a relationship or whatever it was, you know, we painted, we, 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 we sent that person on a date with our representative versus ourselves. It happens all the time. Listen, look through the stuff that I sent you at your leisure. There's something in there about, you know, the stuff that we're keeping quiet about. Oh, wait. I, I looked through everything. I didn't see anything about that. Look for a text message that says something along the lines of, uh, so I'll cut this out. Oh. You, you said that. She didn't say that. Yes, correct. Right. You said, yeah. My point is we had an understanding. Because her response was like that or something like that. Like, we had an understanding. Oh, dear. Now, if I ain't had that fucking text message, y'all be looking at me like I'm a fucking monster. Honestly, I, I don't know that I was because it's kind of standard. Like, you got a man, y'all live together, y'all sleeping in the same bed. You, you know, shit yeah. go down sometimes. I'm saying, I, like, I've had it done where I wake up and I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? More you importantly, you and that goes to, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because I imagine women do it more to men than men. Oh, yeah. To their woman, right? Come home, you know, you've been, you got a couple in you, you're feeling mm-hmm. real horny. 
listen to the WAP. <laughs> you take it right. You got that WAP. You take it. That but to imply that it was fucking... That's why I said, like, it, it, as many times as we discussed it, that's why I think when she said it, she was like, yo, hold up. I don't want to paint it as something that it wasn't. But it's the dog whistle. It's to say something so... You just drop it in. Yeah. Say something it's, it's, so it's a, Right. <laughs> that he is not going to play it, and this is proof that he knows he's guilty. And then when you say, yeah, but he said he's going to play it, what's she say? What kind of person would do that? What kind of person would do that? Oh, so you did listen to it. Hmm. No, you told me. Oh, yeah. She was very adamant about it. And if he does let this play, like what kind of what what kind of person does that make him? So what is the answer to that? If he, if I do make it play, what kind of person does that make me? What is the answer to that? Well, in her mind, if she feels violated, then you don't even there's a lack of understanding of your actions. There's a lack of understanding and there's a lack of respect for the agreement that was had that you would not play. So it's so 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 it becomes that double edged sword. No, 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 no. No, she originally said that she didn't want it played. Then she presents to Ellen that she wants to come back on to have it played. And then I'm to that. I'm like, okay, let it play. So she, did she say she wanted to have it played or did she say she wanted to talk to Ellen about it? She said she wants, she's okay with recording as long as she can talk about the part that she edited out, that she asked to be edited. Oh, right. And that was her phrasing. Yes. And, and so then, in my mind, I'm like, oh, you're willing to come out with this. Like you want to have this. Right, right. But, and she flipped it on some, oh, no, I just want to make sure it was edited. So you crazy. So you, so you, so so you keep I'm using those words, but I don't think that means what you think they mean. Right. 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 I, it's, I'm sorry, you misunderstood. When it's clear in the text. Of course, I, I knew what that was. I, I go through it all the time. That and so then I, once you brought that to my attention, I was just like, oh shit, okay. I, I can see how Dave would go through this back and forth all the time and it would make me crazy. I'm going through it right now. So, so last thing, I'm sorry. <laughs> last thing, last thing. Yo, it'll be last thing for like two hours, but no, go ahead. No, 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 no. I told her, you sound, I, I said this in public in my lobby. Um, two weeks ago. I said, what are you, fucking stupid? Mm. Oh, d- didn't she bring that up? Uh, yeah, but that was connected to the phone call in the no, doctor's office. In my lobby. No, 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 no. The, in the lobby, that was over a scooter. No, it wasn't over a scooter. Here we go. Miles has two tracks. You know this, right? Yeah, yeah. you bought it for his birthday. And you got the loop-de-loop track. After his birthday, I brought one of the tracks over there so that he could have one over there and one over here. This Saturday, because she's trying to take my temperature or how I feel about what she said to you and all that other sort of stuff, she called over here three, four times in a goddamn row. I'm asleep, dead sleep. The phone is 30 times, one right after the other, right? I don't answer it. I look at it later on in the morning and I said, yes. And she says, Miles wants to talk to you. I said, I'm not sure how that translates into three back-to-back FaceTime calls and then a fourth as if it's an emergency. Is Miles sitting over there crying that he wants to FaceTime with me? I doubt it. What I believe is that you are using Miles as an excuse to check on me and to see if I am with anybody, which is none of your business. She does that every Saturday morning, calling over here, FaceTiming. So FaceTiming to see where you are. And what you doing? Listen. The round. When we when I posted the picture of the fucking beach, I heard her on the phone when I was in the other room asking Miles, who did y'all go to the beach? The beach with? 
fuck you care? If I'm the type of person that would do some shit like that to you, why would you care who I'm going to the beach with or who I'm dating? What do you care for? Tigers and trees, my man. Tigers mm. and trees. It, it, it ain't about you, tree. She texts back, David, I have no interest in your love life. Miles wants to talk to you, um, um, show you his drawings, and he wants to loop the loop track. I said, that does not translate into four FaceTime calls. A simple text would have sufficed just once. I said, with respect to the track, now here's the issue. I brought fucking the track over there. There was one track over here. Every time I brought the track over there, whenever she would bring him back over here, she would pack every toy he had over there that I bought and put it in the shopping cart and bring it over here. She did that at least twice. I said, I'm not going to keep carrying this shit back over there, motherfucker. You keep bringing this shit over. This is the last time that I'm carrying it fucking back over there. Now I'm on 10. I've been on one the first time she did it. I made it a three the second time she did it. I made it at four the third time. Now I said, I'm not fucking doing that. No goddamn more. The next time he calls and he wants to track over there, you're going to have to explain to him why he can't have it. So what are you calling over here asking me for his loop-de-loop track? So the last time she brought it over here and I told her I'm not going to be bringing it back no more. This is fucking stupid. You know what she texted back? What? Oh, what? having one track over there and one track over here is a good idea. That was her response. Listen up, Richard. That was her response. It's a good idea. Where the fuck were you? Where the fuck were you? Three, the last four, four, three, four conversations. About three or four conversations ago. Where the fuck were you sleeping? You can't get to common ground with somebody who's still operating like this in the moment. No, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. You can't get there until the person gets to where they need to be. You can't go to therapy with somebody who's looking to fix you. Mm. You can't go to therapy with somebody who's looking to fix themselves. We get into therapy and you start talking about what I did, what I did, what I did, what I did. Eh, okay. We're going to sit here and fix me and you're still going to be running around crazy. And I'm going to get my shit together. I'm going to fucking leave you and go on and enjoy my life. And then you're going to be fucking complaining about the next person. So is therapy an option? I mean, not at the moment. But if she if she considers doing the body of work, Habiba, she would have to go to individual therapy. Like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So we would. I was doing that. We agreed to do that when we were together, and she just stopped going. But listen, listen. So I'm going to say this right, and then I'm going to really get off right, just like when I got off the fucking live. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to get off. Habiba thinks she's got a shot at seeing this dick again, and it's never going to happen. <laughs> wow. I'm airing this part. She's got a shot at seeing this kid again. It's never going to fucking happen. Wait, wait, wait. When I first moved out, when I first moved out, I tried to do the family, let's get along and do things together. And we all went to her family's house in her grandmother's house. Ellen, I talked to you about this. Yeah. We all went to her grandmother's house for Thanksgiving. And as I'm sitting there watching TV with her grandmother, we had been apart. So if I moved out in April 1st, Thanksgiving is in November. It's either Thanksgiving or Christmas. I don't remember exactly what it was. She comes over and sits on my lap. So now in front of her family and everything like that, I'm looking at her like this and I'm fucking pushing her off on my off mouth. Get the fuck off of me, yo. You trying to fucking present something in front of these motherfuckers as if something's going on between us? As late as last summer, she asked me to come with her to her girlfriend's house in Pennsylvania, some weekend farm shit like that, and hang out over the fucking weekend. And I told her, no, I'm not going no place with you. I stopped going someplace with her ever since she sat on my fucking lap. I have not fucked her since she sent me the letter that says I want you out of my apartment. I have not touched her, and I'm not going to. As early as coronavirus... 
when coronavirus started, she says to me, it, you shouldn't be seeing anybody else. I don't want you around anybody else. It should be just us. Be just us what? Her exact words. It should be just us. Us what? She threw Miles' birthday party or she threw him like this spaceship birthday party, whatever else it is. When I told her there is no us, she uninvited me. Oh! What? Oh, that's not the story. She told you that I didn't come? She said you came. You were upset that she did not have things ready in the time frame that she told you she would have things ready. She told you to come for two and she was still preparing stuff. And you had a fit, said that, you know, this was bullshit because she, you know, you can't trust her to do anything. She wasn't, you knew she wasn't planning to have a party and you left. Is what she I said. never walked into the apartment. What? I got to the doorway. She said, oh, the food's not ready yet. I said, what food? She says, uh, we're going to make Starship pancakes or something. I said, I said, okay. And I turned around and left. There was not all of that. She made that up. Clark. There was not all of that. I don't even know. I didn't even know you guys said this. All of that did not happen. She no, said, she said, let me pick the next day. They did it the next day. But yeah, she asked me to come get him so that she could prepare for the party. I said, okay, how long do you want me to keep him? She said, bring him back around two o'clock. She actually wanted me to come get him the night before and keep him overnight. And I said, no, she's up to something. She want to go out and party and drink with her friends or whatever else it is. No, I went and got him that morning and I kept him all day to give her time to fucking set up. When I got there at five, after not hearing from her at two o'clock, we get to the doorway. She says, uh, oh, the food's not ready yet. And I said, wow. And she said, uh, we're going to make uh, pancakes. I was like, okay. He goes inside. I go back to my apartment. They had the part. She did the thing with him the next day because she should, she sent me pictures. So me going off and saying all this sort of stuff, she made that up. That never happened. Wow. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah. Because in the conversation with Ellen, it was, she was planning the party. She told you to come at two. You showed up at two. The food was ready. No. You had a, you had a blow no. up and you stormed off. No, and she's like, I he showed up at state five. of the party. No, I did yeah. not hear from her too. I showed up at five. No. Wow. No. Wow. She said you should no blow up. There was no blow up. I mean, the level of detail in this fabrication is. Then there was no blow up. Okay, here's the spatula. She asked me for a spatula. I gave her the spatula. Went down the stairs. Is there anything else like that that she told y'all that's that that, that, that y'all just naturally assumed was true and David blew the fuck up? Yeah, a lot. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you no. Everything, literally. Yeah. No. She made it up. She makes things up all the time. That never happened. <laughs> and y'all want me to get to commonplace with somebody who's fucking living in Never Never Land. No, not anymore. Ellen, we love you, right? Um, I fancy myself as somebody who connects people and they become friends long after I'm dead and gone. And uh, I'm hoping that you and Clark remain friends long after I'm dead and gone. Good job, everybody. Thank you very much. So there you go. That's it. And that's all you're going to get from us on this topic. But stay tuned um, because we will continue to push the envelope and bring you more amazing content. Single dad, why you mad? 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 Single dad, why you mad?